11 o'clock comics episode 121 <laughs> this is the part that infuriates Jacoby so let's talk oh, <laughs> well you know when, when, when Jacoby posts on the forum you know it doesn't just make you go Ah, good boy. They're all good boys. I know. What if Arsenio Hall references? There's never a bad time for Arsenio Hall. You know, it's awesome. I loved Arsenio Hall back in the day. Me too. I remember when we felt was on there, dude. It was like, that's not like, oh my god, you need to grow up. That is the only episode of Arsenio Hall I've ever seen. Really? Oh, yeah. I watch it every wow. night. Yeah. Darcy also it's actually crazy. introduced me to uh, uh, Living Color, the band, mm-hmm. not the. Not oh the yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. First time I Old ever saw. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I was hip to them way before our studio. Boys, yeah. <laughs> well, you were <laughs> back, back, in, back in the uh, back when uh, Burnin' Vernon was playing for uh, Public Enemy. Back when I had hair. Oh, yeah, it's a long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I with you. And we must right remind them about our newfangled forum. Let's not forget that. Oh, yes. and I start to, There's nothing new about it. It's new exactly. and it's fangled. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, when the music when music shit. dies down, we'll get into that because they can't hear us now. They, they can't. can't. No, they can't. Oh, there's, there's, they can't. There's, there's tunage going on in the background. Oh, I see. Do that again, David. Maybe I'll... Sounds like a cat harking up a hairball, doesn't it? (laughs) By the way, this is definitely uh, nothing like combining my two greatest passions uh, in life, uh, or my two greatest hobbies in life, I should say, uh, simultaneously. Three, actually, if you include drinking. I think passion was a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say my biggest passion is my family, but... Well, that's that's like you understood. That's yeah. a stock. I mean, that's a stock answer. Oh, uh, not with him. I don't think. I I believe it. Oh yeah. Oh, so, about the dude. That's right. What Johnny Cash is one of your other passions? Oh, no, fantasy, dude. I got my I got the Football Guys Ultimate Survivor draft going on right now. Oh, what, nice. What? Mm-hmm. Mother Johnny Great. Cash. Hey, everybody. It's eleven o'clock. Comics. I am the anti Cash Vince B. <sighs> You make me. You make me sad. You know, I'll read some manga. I'm the man in I'll, white. Anti cash. Get it? You're gonna read some Get some prim, <laughs> prim and fancy or whatever it is. But prim, prim and fancy. Oh. I see. I do not dislike Johnny Cash. I'm just saying it to get a rise out of you. Hate Johnny I know. Cash. I know. How you, the hell you. can you dislike Johnny Cash? <laughs> Did you say hate Johnny Cash? Hate <laughs> <laughs> Wow. He it up for me. Yeah. Dude, when you were thinking about getting a tattoo, it was either it was either Beamish or I hate fucking Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me. It's true. Oh, I'm Christopher Naisman, and I do not hate Johnny Cash. I'm yeah. David Price, and and uh, and it's my fault. We're a day late. There you go. The truth true. is out. Hopefully not a dollar short, but definitely a day late. And I will be seeing you all at Chicago Comic Con because I am Dwayne Wayne. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> no, almost, almost as good, almost as good as Virgil, who I think who I think lives in the basement of of the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center. I think he just has a permanent home in one of the Wizard World trucks, and he just travels from con to con with them. He's, he's uh, Garib Seamus's driver. He's paid. Uh, yeah, guys, you guys are hot tonight. I love this. No, you're not uh, 
Dwayne Dwayne Wayne, you're uh, Kimber James. Google that shit. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think I want to. <laughs> no. Everybody, keyboard's tapping. No, you're not. You're Jason Wood on this Thursday edition of 11 O'Clock Comics, brought to you by the fine folks at Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com, where you, yes, you, can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at massive unheard of discounts ranging from like 40% all the way up to 75% off selected items on their special monthly spotlight sales they are awesome they take great care of your books they'll ship them right to your house at the frequency you determine it, there's no better get them dcbservice.com do it it's one of the one of the nice things about us recording on thursday is that i i get my dcbs box on thursday so i was able to come home and and read a couple comics which you're I will weekly talk about. no i'm i'm actually bi-weekly oh um, you're bi yeah i'm yeah. bi i'm bi <laughs> um and this just happened to be uh to be one of the weeks that I, you know, I honestly I switch back and forth from every other week to every week. It depends if it's a if it's a month where I'm getting a, a bunch of stuff and I see a lot of uh, cool stuff coming out. I'll go ahead and fork over the extra five bucks for the weekly shipping. So right. it's a hard habit to get out of. I'm the, a tight one. Well, you know, it, it, seriously, the the getting your comic books every week is so ingrained to a lot of us that it's a hard habit to get out of. You know, it's funny because yeah. I I haven't been in that mindset. That's why I think going to mail order was so easy because I haven't really done a weekly thing since high school because I didn't do yeah. it in college because I was broke. Okay. And then when I moved to Hoboken, there was a comic shop, but I just because you know I was boozing it and just never got it. So I would go there like every couple of weeks and pick up my pull list. So I just never yeah. got back to that weekly fix, you know. I, I think um, it's and, hard whenever there's a, a shop that you really like going to, mm-hmm. that's, and you look forward to going. Well, it also too, it's it's also there's a bit of a mental. T- mental thing because I'm so far behind in so many series that I really should just go to monthly with DCBS because it's just I mean I'm I'm at least a month behind in almost anything but yeah. I just I, I'm, I love the bi-weekly because I just love getting a box every two weeks just it's just fun you know I, I wish I was only a month behind in things uh, I have oh, like one way oh, no, well give you an example tonight I don't know if I'm going to talk about it, but I read this week. I read 13 issues of Avengers Initiative, so I was over a year behind. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that actually, the the series I'm going to talk about uh, uh, probably more than any other tonight that uh, is going to revolve around that kind of concept. Um, so yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Awesome. Uh, but first, um, uh, let's get our get our drink roll call knocked out. Uh, hey Vince, why don't you uh, why don't you lead us off this week? Good, we because it. we'll start from the bottom. Uh, <laughs> Peppy Max. No, no. Uh, what? Yeah, Peppy Max. Love it. <sighs> Dip my balls in it. It's so good. Mm, I, <laughs> I would drink Peppy Max uh, cone Vince ball. That would be. <laughs> I refuse to drink it just because of Vince. It makes me mad. <laughs> you know what? It. That even makes it oh so much <laughs> more sweet. It makes me angry when I see it at the Southern. Excellent. Why you're not reading Marvel, right? I I am the Neesman tech. <laughs> I live to get under your skin, and it, it works pretty well know, for me. I know. I know. You have a come up that's coming in New York. Oops, sorry. Well, he that's said, okay. Um, he said, oh, David. <laughs> <laughs> David makes me giddy sometimes when he uh, says shit like that. Well, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Price, what are you sipping on this evening? I am having a whiskey sour. Ooh, what kind of whiskey? Nice. The, uh, I'm still trying to get rid of the Telemordieu from... Uh, uh, all about the Telemordieu. Yeah. What kind of sour? Just uh, just straight sour mix? Uh, whatever the hell. Uh, Mr. T's, I think. Mrs. T's? Uh, okay, whatever. So, so, so pity the sour. The, the, the premix sour? Yes. So, 
See, that's why that's why I went to uh, the squirt. I like the uh, I like the the grapefruit sour of uh, of the you squirt. Can't get squirt up over here. I'm, I'm telling you, you'll have to bring some. And I'll oh, I am. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna ship I'm gonna ship you all some squirt. We got Yingling though, so that's yeah. that's a good trade off. Which I, I I heard described as the the PBR of the Northeast. Bullshit! <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Was hey. gonna go to his house and kill him. Slap him upside the head with three inches of limp dick. Hey, you rail, you rail. Are you gonna bring David? You bring your Vince with you. Hey, I, I, I thought, I, honestly, I thought that was a compliment. No, <sighs> no let's revolve around the table, please. You guys. All right, J- Jason. Luster. Uh I am drinking some Pilsner Urquell. Oh, I had one of those uh, a couple nights ago. That's a, a hotness. That's a, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, a ta- it's a tasty, pro- tasty pills. Speaking of it's Urkel, a, uh, Czech beer. Yeah. My kids watch uh, Family Matters. Is that the Urkel show every night? Yes. That really? Laura, Laura chick is hot. With, as the with, as the uh, show progresses, do they watch it on like Nickelodeon. Yeah, one of those Nick at okay. Night or well, yeah. But as the show progresses, she gets really hot. Didn't she, done, a, didn't she do porn recently? Get out! I must you know Google who, this. You know who did do porn though? For who? real, like on the Urkel. real. Well, no, but uh, dude, Lawrence Fishburne's daughter. Oh yeah, yes. she's she's very yeah, attractive. Really? And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Lawrence is and not her reasoning, you can it. tell she's a real sharp. She's a real sharp cookie. Yeah. Her reasoning is because it, when uh, she thinks Kim Kardashian is famous because she was on uh, on that porn Ray with Ray J. J. So she figures uh, that uh, uh, this will make her famous. And she's got her daddy's mouth, which is he, he does have a cute mouth, but on a woman, it even works more. No, he does, but and she she's very very striking. All I know is uh, if you guys watch CSI, all I know is uh, Morpheus has been hitting the hoagies. That's all I know. Oh God! I <laughs> <laughs> had in the Predator uh, trailer too. Yeah, that ain't uh, he ain't he ain't slim. The salami. Uh, <laughs> how does um how does a dude that wins? Like a best Oscar, best picture, uh, best actor Oscar, and like his first film ever, Adrian Brody, end up being like not even a top above the credits in Predators. Like, how does that because, happen? Because you have is he a douche? Fishburne in the movie with you. Well, I, I, Species probably helped knock that down a bit. Oh yeah, or Splice or whatever the fuck it was called. What the hell was right. it? Yeah. That was it. Yeah, the, I don't like Adrian Brody. He's a pretty darn he's a good fine actor. Yeah. Actor. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Chris, what uh, are you drinking? I am. Uh, um, my my series of of good summer beers continues. Uh, I think I had had uh, the the uh, two brothers Kane and Ebel Red Rye Ale oh, a couple months ago. This is this is also a rye ale, and it is from our uh, our friends north of the border um, in Minnesota uh, from from Summit Brewing Company, and it is from their Unchained series. It is their Indian style rye ale, and it is delicious. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of um, IPAs. The the uh, Indian Pale Ales is kind of a uh, a, a real heavy trend in craft beers, you know, beers and in comics are, are kind of similar in that that there'll be uh, kind of these these cycles that they go through of of what's what's popular, you know, it's you know art or or writing or just different you know different genre fiction and comics and and in craft beers uh, it's the IPAs that have kind of dominated the uh, uh, the craft beer market for a while. Mm-hmm. And this, if you if you like an IPA, this is kind of a a, a real easy uh, step to take. Uh, a, a red rye ale. It's really hoppy, and so it it has that 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 pop 
that you'll get from from a really hoppy IPA, uh, but because it's a it's a rye ale, it's kind of smoothed out a little bit, so it's not quite as bitter as as a lot of your your really hoppy IPAs. And uh, I think it's a it's just a wonderfully refreshing beer um, that I would. Um, you know, I think IPAs are are definitely um, summer beers in my opinion, where uh, a rye ale you can probably drink uh, in, into the fall and winter. I would drink this any time of year. It is it's a it's a delicious beer. So uh, that is the Indian India style rye ale from uh, from Summit Brewing. Wonderful, excellent. There you go. Wunderbar. Before it we, it's, it's awesome. Before we get into the comic talk, I want to make everybody aware of a mm-hmm. cool blog that's out there. Oh yeah. It, yes, it's under the Comic Attack um, series of blogs. That's uh, ComicAttack.net. One word. Okay. It's called Ink Stains. It's run by Ken Meyer Jr., and here's the pitch from the website. Every other Monday, you can dive into the world of the fanzines of the 60s, 70s, and 80s with artist Ken Meyer Jr. Now, David will remember Ken Meyer as the penciler on Clint, the hamster triumphant. Ah. Yeah, he okay. did uh, Kilroy is Here from Caliber. He did some work for yeah. Revolutionary, uh, and he has a story in Comic Book Tattoo, that oh, Tori Amos thing. I don't. I don't know the name of it. Oh, uh, I'd have to reach for my book. But, um, you can see pre-professional work from artists such as John Byrne, Barry Windsor Smith, Bernie Wrightson, Brent Anderson, Dave Cockrum, and many more. A precursor to black and white comics and mini comics, the fanzines of this era are incredibly hard to find and can be very expensive. That's very true. Ken will showcase a specific issue of a fanzine each column, and get this: this is the the uh, the twist, the hook that got me all fired up, and provide a link to the PDF of the whole issue. Oh, cool. Yeah, wow. travel back in time to see some of your favorite pros when they were still just fans. And this is completely unsolicited. He doesn't know me from Adam, but I saw, I, I stumbled upon this website. I was, oh, my jaw dropped. You can get Anomaly number three with a gorgeous Richard Corbin cover and content. CPL number 11, which stands for Contemporary Pictorial Literature. It has okay. Alex Toth on, uh, Toth on the cover, Gil Kane doing Iron Fist, nice. Butler, <laughs> Rich Buckler, John Byrne, Joe Sinnott. He has the voice of comicdom, fantastic fanzine. Of course, the Rockets Blast comic collector, RBCC, the big old granddaddy of fanzines. You can get an issue of Squatrant, the EC fanzine, the collector Nimbus. This is unbelievable. I think he has like 21 or 22 different blog entries and each one of them with the exception of Wits End. He put up two issues of Wits End and they made him take them down. But other than that, the, the out of the 20 some blog posts that he has, you can get sometimes multiple issues of fanzines in PDF form. Go back in time. See how awesome it was back then. I downloaded them all, the ones I didn't have. This guy's awesome, Ken Meyer Jr. It's under comicattack.net. You'll see a menu bar at the top. Click on columns. Scroll down the ink stains. Bada boom. You can get all the fanzines you want. Cool. We yes. killed the fanzines. Well, I know, and that makes me sad because I'm a huge fanzine well, lover. I have almost I think a complete run. You mentioned this run last week, Vince, right? The, uh, the, of RBCC. the Mark Miller Clint? Yeah, yeah. You don't, I thought you were I excited. Do, no, about it. Too, oh. I, I am excited, but there's a caveat because you have to order both issues at the same time. I know. What if, what yeah. if it sucks? Then you're then you're two issues in the hole. Well, some of it too is actually stuff that I've already read. Like it's it's re, it's reprinting, it's serializing the um, the uh, Jonathan Ross comic that's been coming out. Um, what the hell's the name of it? Uh, 
the one that's been coming out from Image. Uh, oh, the Tommy Lee Edwards? Yeah, the Tommy Lee Edwards book. Uh, uh, Turf? Yeah, yes. Turf. Wow. It's, it's serializing that. It's serializing another something that came out a while ago. That uh, oh, damn, You know what? I, More Eyes on Turf is not a bad thing. That thing is spectacular. Tommy Lee Edwards. It, look, he, it looks spectacular. Great. Again, deal with the devil. It's it's yeah. dense. The The narrative is super dense. I had to read the first issue like three times yeah, agree. Just, just to wade through it. But I mean, I think it's it's going to be very rewarding once you do, uh, once you have made the effort to, to decipher it. I don't know if that's... Is that a, a testament of a good writer or not? Is is um, is excessively dense a handicap? I, I think if I think if it's layered, it is. Uh, if it's and I haven't I haven't read enough of Turf to to kind of have um, any sort of educated opinion about it. I think sometimes uh, writers can be um, a little impenetrable, and I don't know if that is yeah. is a good thing. It's like well, we were talking yeah. about Neonomicon, and I, and I think Alan Moore is the master of of really complex layered storytelling mm-hmm. and and that's that's great but what he does better and I, I think we've talked about it before what he does better than anyone is that on the surface level it's very entertaining but you can you can keep peeling it back and finding different layers i think there's i think there's too many writers that that are um confusing and and trying to be you know overly clever um, right. and, and, i think the trick is deciphering which it is because yeah. way back when when i first discovered uh Jodorowsky. Yeah. If you read, if you read some of that stuff he did with Mobius, and it, I was it's, today, it's, as a matter of fact, it's really dense, and yeah. and and it's it's he has that special Alejandro personality where you're like what, and you have to flip back and and reread just to make sense of the stuff. Is that a how do you how can you decipher that when you're reading it? Whether it's the earmark of an untrained writer who's trying to be really complex for the sake of complexity, or if it's just a wacko like uh, Jodorowsky or, or say uh, Morrison, who's just that's just the way the, that's the the personality of the writer. It's it's tough to tell. What, I think um, there, maybe you, at the end was, of Turf we'll know. The, there was a uh, an anthology uh, book from um, um, Humanoid. Uh, called uh, was it metal? Is it Herlant? Yeah, it was a uh, relaunching of the original Metal Herlant, which eventually morphed into Heavy Metal. That's what the, uh, Heavy Metal was originally called, met, a Metal Herlant. Oh, okay. Because there's yeah. a lot of Jodorowsky stuff in there. Oh, hell yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is is really cool. Um, how do you like the Techno Priest stuff? That he oh did? my god, it's great. Yeah, Techno Priest is cool. Yeah. But again, you have to read that stuff sometimes multiple times just to decipher what the frig is going on. Yeah, but I mean that that's 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 complex like space opera stuff and so it's a lot of world building and yeah. you know which is is kind of is kind of I I like Jodorowsky stuff, especially whenever he's working with with Mobius. Yeah, um, but did you ever awesome read stuff. the Meta Barons? No, I haven't. I've, I've I've got it. I just need to I need to get to it. Sweet. It's so good. Oh, that uh, he's the grandfather of uh, the Morrison technique, I which is um, the precursor to Morrison. If if you enjoy the way Morrison writes and the themes and and conceptual hooks that Morrison litters his his works with, you'll you'll love Jodorowsky because it's the same thing, only from a more uh, let's say an elder statesman, a seasoned okay. person, an more old French. dude. In other words, more yeah. More French. <laughs> So there you go. All right, let's let's get into the comic talk. 
Oh, suck a ducky. Uh, who wants to go first? Let me see. We should point and make David go first. Why? Yes. Because you Cause done fucked us up last night. You were rambling last night. He was chatty Cathy last I night. Know. He was, and I wish I recorded it so everyone can see that David is yes, not the laid-back dude. Here. Performance anxiety. It's like when Vince, uh, when Vince, we're in a public urinal and he can't piss because he's worried someone's right. Is, is right, right next to you and everything. I know. Well, I mean, I mean, you are looking at his wee wee, Jason. Well, I'm, I've, I've offered to hold as much from Cap a time or two. I mean, that's this is this is a weird, weird episode. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thursday. You got to be switching up, right? Yeah. Hey guys, it's uh, Frank from Boston again. Uh, just listening to your show this week. Uh, I wanted to comment on your Doctor Who discussion. Uh, I mentioned it before in another call, but would try this. Try this. Uh, when I watch Doctor Who, I tend to ignore the finer details of the storyline and focus in on the doe face built to satisfy redhead they guy who is the doctor's sidekick there. Uh, what I like to do is sit there and watch her and just kind of let my imagination run amok. I actually look forward to the commercial break because that allows me enough time to run to the shitter take care of some personal business, cry myself to sleep, and take a three-minute nap before the next segment. Maybe that will help. I don't know. Anyhow, great job. Keep it up. Love the show. Later. Take us away, David. Take us to someplace good. I will, but I don't know if you'll think it's good Vince oh. I, uh, is, well first of all let me ask you a question is it set in Gotham <laughs> maybe there you go he knows <laughs> me so saying. well go ahead all right, well, so check this out so convince me otherwise convince you all right well I did not I'm not familiar with the writer at all I bought this trade because I like Lee Garbett's pencils he of course mm. penciled the highwayman he uh, he yep. penciled the two issues that uh, were supposed to not make you more confused, but unfortunately it did between Batman R.I.P. and Final Crisis. Yes. And, uh, he, he has a very clean style. I, I, I like his art. He worked on, on The Outsiders when, uh, when, when Batman disappeared and, and Alfred was getting the team together. So I, I, I like Lee's work. Um, so I bought Batgirl, Volume 1, Batgirl Rising. I am not, I don't want to say I'm not a big fan. I'm not familiar with Stephanie Brown. I, I know she was the spoiler. I think I read a couple issues of Robin where she was the spoiler. Didn't read anything about her when she was Robin. And I was aware that she, air quotes, died and, and, uh, and the big kerfuffle about bringing her back or at least honoring her memory in the back cave like we do every other side. Dead Robin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dead Robin. So, uh, so, <laughs> I figured, you know what? I'm gonna give this a shot. I, I'm not familiar with the character. I like, I like the Batgirl character, even though I, I was telling this to to Julian on Twitter. I've never read anything with Cassandra Kane, so I don't know about. I don't know her as a Batgirl, but I like Barbara Gordon. I like, uh, I like the idea of of uh, of a, someone who's Robin's age more or less, but in the Batcow. So 
with figured, boobies. Right, you know, and and you got the boobies. So I figured, boobies. what the hell? You know, let me give this a shot. This is this is a a mix of Spider Man, young Spider Man, where he's in high school, and Aunt May doesn't know the secret identity. He's got to keep it from his friends and family. He uh, he's got to make sure. He's doing well in school while taking on the villain of the month. And it's got some Batman Beyond because Barbara kind of takes Stephanie under her wing. Wheel. <laughs> I see. I was going to go there, but I was just like, that's just so wrong. So I'm going to it. Um, and, and so it's, it, it's, it's got a nice, it, there's some nice aspects in it that, that, that I'm really digging. I'm going to get the, uh, I'm going to get the second trade. Um, the art, for the most part, I said it's it's pretty much entirely penciled by uh, by Lee Garbutt. I think it's the first it's the first seven issues. Uh, he framed one of the issues, and I think it was um, the Rick Rick Levins. I don't know. It was um, Tim Levins who, who penciled some of the issue, and then the anchors are uh, Trevor Scott, Sandra Hope, Dan Davis, Aaron Soud, and uh, Oliver Gnome. But it's um, it, it's it's consistent. All the way through, they, they introduce a new uh, a new detective under uh, working with with Gordon, who uh, his nickname is his first name is Nick, but th- his nickname is Saint Nick. This, of course, is uh, is during present day Gotham, so Dick Grayson is Batman. This actually kind of also made me give a little bit of a crap about Damien, who I can't stand. When we talk about, oh really? I love oh, that character. I love Damien. Yeah. No, I can't. I, I, for whatever, it's it's one of those things where I just felt like even not not even just the the Morrison Batman and Robin series, but kind of just even at the end of R.I.P. It just it felt like to me, and it just because of of the way I react to those type of of situations, it just felt like you know we're. I felt like he was being crammed down my throat, and he wasn't. And everybody <laughs> else seems to dig him, and you know, and he's great because it's it offsets him. And you know, here's here's Batman, who's who's also probably trying to kill his sidekick just to keep him in check. So it, and you know, he's got the sword, and and he thinks he's a badass, but dude, fucking ten, he is a badass. Dude, he's it's ten badass, years dude. old. Come on, I, so yes, and he is trained from birth to so, League oh, of Assassins. So during all those trainings being brought up by all these people who are upper crust in high society and should know better, he, oh, he's got no fucking common sense. No, it's I Pissing just my dog off. Who is a huge Damien fan? Dude, I'm I mean, right apparently, dude, Hit Girl and Damien both—they prove ten-year-olds can beat that ass. Yeah, yeah. Damien's awesome. Yeah. And and Cassandra, you King are King wrong. I am wrong. I'll I'll admit that I'm wrong because you know what? I'm happy for you. <laughs> David loves it when his buddies are enjoying it. I'm just going to say that. That's the equivalent of Woods. I, I really enjoy it when my buddies read comics. No, I can do it. without the character, but, but Brian Q. Miller, who, like I said, I'm, I'm not familiar with his work, but apparently I am because since I'm one of the last, I think, seven or eight people that still enjoy Smallville, I have witnessed his, his work because <laughs> uh, he's a writer on the show. Seen it. Um, but it's, uh, it, I, I really, I, I really. I really liked it. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm gonna come back for the second one. I I like. Um, you know, at first Barbara was a little cold. I guess she was. She was a little pissed off at uh, at. You try and Stephanie sit on metal all day long. Taking, huh? Did you try and sit on metal all day long? <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, you you got to have a little resentment for the the younger version of yourself. Yeah. I mean, she's, see, she's taking over she the also, role. She she um, it, it, 
she, no, nobody really knows the deal. Like, like why all of a sudden she's back? Well, nobody knows that or why Cassandra just up and left. It's like you know she 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 threw Stephanie the costume and she says, "Here, you go have fun" or something like that. And it's just well, like, I mean, cause, wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I got my so, canes. Mixed so up. it was. Um. So you know, I mean, so but yeah, you're right. I mean, this is somebody who who, like I said, died. So she's already been out there before, and and like you said, Vince, that there's going to be some resentment there. And there, there was some nice moments between uh, between Barbara and um, and Dick in the uh, in the back cave where they were talking about their past, and and then you see Stephanie and Damien interact as Batgirl and Robin, and sometimes the apples don't fall far from the trees. It is it it's just a really cool seven issue chunk of 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 a new series like i said that i'm gonna i'm gonna keep checking out so that cool is my high note for the night so far hey, have oh, you all heard, heard this rumor about them maybe bringing uh barbara out of the chair well, that it's, so it's about yeah, damn time well, that, no yeah. no 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 it's not yeah it is. she suffered enough she, man she is they, such a better character now than she ever was as Batgirl. They put her through the ringer. How many times so, have they good. have they have they thrown should be put through the ringer. Have they thrown Dick at her only to have him She's come up with some stupid around. reason why he can't be with her. Like right going Lucky right me. into going into uh what was it Infinite Crisis Final or Final Final. Crisis they had that one shot where they were all lovey-dovey and and oh let's try this and then a month later uh, I don't think so we made a mistake. Like Kick the cripple, you know? Uh, no, I think Barbara should should get out of the no, chair. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, because no. it's worked so no. well for Xavier no. all these years. <laughs> he hops no. I mean, out of the chair. every month. Yeah. yeah so he can that. walk again. Okay. Yeah. yeah, sing us a new song. See, if he, if, oh. well, if, if he stayed in the chair, Psych could have just pushed him off the island a lot quicker. There you go. <laughs> Um, no, but it, it, help. Barbara's a much better, a much better character as Oracle than she, than she ever was as as Batgirl. Yeah. Well, that's like still... I mean, you can say the same thing about Wally West's Flash. It's like he's kind of almost been he was Flash longer than he was Kid Flash, and oh, yeah, and it's like and and yeah. So so Batgirl shows up in the '60s, and and she's been. Well, I mean, she was shot in the '80s, and I don't know when exactly she became Oracle, but it was what mid '90s. Yeah, it's been um, a different too. So yeah. it's been. Well, it's, it was, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, was she ever Oracle before the first issue of Birds of Prey, or was that the first time? Oh yeah, yeah, I think. So. Oh wait, that's a good. Or did that? Um, did that don't, just establish? That's when I was first exposed to her because yeah. I was kind of new to the DC scene then. But I mean, that Birds of Prey is one of the first series of DC that I really read like in completion. No, because she showed up a lot in Detective. I think she was Oracle before Birds of Prey. Okay. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that was pretty much. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah, uh, they Bruce found a use for it with that, with the whole you know you work on the yeah. networks and and you know, right. You they may yeah, have fine fine tuned it with the the whole digital Oracle logo thing, and you know I yeah I think you're right. Morrison yeah. used her in uh, Justice in JLA, or at least as far as like linking into the satellite and stuff. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So. I'm going to take uh, a nod from Chris and spoil the shit out of something because remember last week when Chris said spoil it, fuck it. Yes, I'm gonna do this. Ratatat tat. Say what you're gonna spoil before you start spoiling it. So well, I know. I'll give them. I'll give them a okay. chance. So I'll give them a yes, chance. This, yeah. yeah. This way uh, uh, the forum can start a thread about it. As I told you guys last night, I want to do uh, a nice little burst of of comic reviews. Maybe five, six issues, seven issues. Boom, boom, boom. Nice. Two minutes each. Three minutes <laughs> two, each. Just to cover. 
too. Shut up. Just to, just to cover a broad spectrum of stuff. And in, Isn't it nice when he sets down ground rules that he knows yeah, that, that he never follows? I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that he, he will. If 15 Am minutes I allowed to time you without getting yelled at or no? You can do it, yeah. That'd no, be cool. Time me. I want to spoil no, Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> I want to spoil Incredible Hulk 611. Fuck you. What are you doing? I'm spoiling it. I am. Uh, it, okay. It's it's the the ultimate the the uh, final chapter of World War Hulks. It all came down to this: the big old knockdown dragout battle between Bruce the Green Hulk and Scar, his abandoned son from way back when in, in Planet Hulk. I won't go into specifics because uh, just read the issue. There, there's a real neat psychodrama going on with Bruce. And, 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 son. Like, like any offspring in the Marvel Universe isn't abandoned. Well, I think this issue takes steps to rectify that situation. Oh, and, snap. So it's a, and, it is a universe of baby daddies. And get, get this. My first read-through, I have to admit, I was perplexed. I, I got to the last page. I was like, what? What the what? That's the end of World War Hulks? Are you serious? I thought Greg Pak lost it because it does not end in a in a typical Hulk fashion. Uh, can I tell you how it ends without giving away too many of the details? Why not? It, it doesn't end with the death of a major character. It does not end with someone losing their powers. Here's the spoiler. It ends, World War Hulk ends with a hug. <laughs> a hug. Kumbaya. And That's awesome. The first time I read it, I said, I don't believe this. The balls on Greg Pack to do this. But then I had, I actually had to think about it for a couple hours. And it is not something that's unknown to the hulk book uh that all that uh alienation and rage that is the, the the central theme of the hulk for many many years the better writers like peter david and mantlo have always injected heart and humor and the, the a little bit of tenderness in into the hulk so th this is not completely unknown or uh it is surprising though because i expected Scar to take off his head, uh, or at least try to, and it does not end that way. Uh, it's a fantastic fight. Paul Pelletier does a great job on pencils. Uh, the, they're literally Scar hammers the ground with such force that he shakes the tectonic plates and and absorbs the power and 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 just unleashes it all on his on his father and it. It doesn't do a damn thing. Uh, I mean, Bruce is more powerful now than he's ever been. But there, there, there's a really neat line towards the end of the uh, issue. Can I, can I just interrupt you for a second and ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I'm a little behind on this, probably like three, four issues, but it, it's fine. But how is Bruce more powerful than ever if, because uh, I guess he's always been the most powerful when he's like enraged beyond all belief. But Right. Well, they've made it a point in many instances to say this is the most powerful the Hulk has ever been. They do it in this very issue. But Scar enrages him by saying something that really ticks him off. Uh, and it, it, it relates to Planet Hulk. And uh, so the beatdown commences and uh, Bruce comes really close to killing him. And that's where okay. the issue, uh, that's where the resolution comes in. And it's, it's really heartfelt. It's cool. Mm -hmm. I, and I think now I think the issue's brilliant because he didn't go down the familiar path. Like, awesome. I, I'd be one of the, the last guys that would ever criticize a writer for, uh, breaking out of their 
thematic cage, so to speak. Trying something different, reaching out, doing a little bit of a change up and, and, and surprising your readership. That, that's what it's about. Give me something different, something I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. That's what this issue does. It's, it, wow. The road that this thing goes down and the, the possible roads for future Hulk storylines. It's, this is pretty cool beans. And uh, Pack reveals his reasons for doing what he did in, there's a, a little text page somewhere in this thing. Uh, maybe, the, yeah, uh, on the next issue box in the back, they have a, Greg Pack says uh, his, his words on why he did it. And it works. It really works. And you get a great John Romita Jr. cover. So there's Incredible Hulk 611. You need to read this. If anyone says that the Hulk books don't have substance or uh, anything other than, than bada boom, they're wrong. There's heart That's awesome. in this one. It's cool. It's really cool. One more before I hand it over to you guys. Yeah, go ahead. Abe Sapien, Abyssal Plane number two. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh. awesome. Again, I got to give it up to Mignola and Arcudi because they took a very disturbing, horrifying situation and they injected a lot of of heart and they poignancy did, right? to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, almost to the point where Abe kind of takes a back seat. Where mm-hmm. he he's takes on a like a uncle creepy cousin eerie horror host kind of role and just right. lets the action unfold in front of him. I mean, th- there are points in the story where he takes an active role, but for the most part, it's just the dudes on the ship. And mm-hmm. uh, wow, um, Peter Snayberg mm-hmm. wears a great Cameron Stewart hat. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really really close to Cameron Stewart. Mm-hmm. Class. Snaber could stand on his own. You know what? No, but I'm. I'm, I don't know. Cameron Stewart can hold Snaber's jockstrap. Tell you the truth. Wow. (laughs) Wow. But but what I was saying is brought the strength. It's you know what? What's no? Snaberg is one of is one of the most underrated artists in comics. See, you're doing exactly what the people, some of the people on our forum do. What? Where, where whenever I take, whenever I take two things and put them in in, in a sentence together, they think that I'm making one lesser and one greater. I'm not doing that. I'm saying. I didn't get that at all. Peter Peter Snayberg. This this artwork looks like (laughs) it came from Cameron Stewart, which is a very very good thing. Is what I'm saying. You got a classy, uh, economical line. There's this really sharp, well-planned blacks, and the facial expressions and the body language. Yow! I mean, he is on the on point every yes. page. But I'm not. I'm not saying Cameron is better or worse or vice okay. versa. No, no, no. You, you don't have to attack. I'm not attacking. And I'm just. You know, I'm just don't miss with Snapeberg for next week. He's, should he's, I? Should I? <laughs> he's really good. Uh, I'm not I, saying you're you're defending him. It's. Yeah. I am. I think I no 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 uh 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 Michael Allen Nelson on uh 28 days later uh trade paper Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Um um no, I I get a little touchy because I'm a big Snayberg fan. I think that's he's a guy that well, you should is, be. is he is incredibly underrated. Whenever people Starman talk was about legit. Oh, Starman, he, he, the stuff that well, he's done with Mossy, Wipergate, the Mighty was... So I was going to say, one time. sometimes we, we ramble like this and we forget that not everyone that listens knows necessarily who what he's done, so sometimes it's nice right. to remind them why we who the guy is, but yeah. Yeah. He did uh, the, the book I talked about uh, a month or so ago, A God Somewhere, uh, was mm. his. I still yeah. need to get, yeah. I, I'm dying to get that. Yeah. I, I 
he's he's the real deal. So I'm sorry for jumping all over you, Vince. I just get a little. That's all right. Hey, I, you know I'm what? A big sniper keep in your mouth, Vince. Finish him. And I love Cameron Stewart's work, but I think that and that sounded terrible. The 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 jock. I was gonna say Cameron just yeah. clicked us off and is like, "Fuck those guys." Uh, well, he does listen. Hey, he does. I know. Yeah. Cameron is a fantastic artist. He is fantastic. Uh, I just think that Snayberg is a guy that that <laughs> doesn't get nearly enough credit. And he's and I agree with you. And he's That's he's fair. a veteran. He's been doing it for a long time. Cameron, you know, I, I guess you know, shit. I guess he is kind of starting to get into that veteran realm. He's been doing it for about a decade or so. I always think of him as 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 a much younger um, mm-hmm. artist. You know, I love I love the the other side and that was not a slam on Cameron Stewart. He's fantastic. I just think, you know, Truth. that Snaberg is a guy that that gets incredibly overlooked. So, yeah. there. Sorry. And and as far as content goes, I love Hellboy. Okay? I I think that character is is one of the best in the past what? 20, 25 years whenever whenever uh he was created. But for my money, Abe Sapien is the dude for me. BPRD really? Oh, yeah, I, I, w- I would much rather read an Abe Sapien story. I, I, I shouldn't say that. I wouldn't rather, but if, if the two comics were sitting side by side, the latest Hellboy miniseries and the BPRD featuring Abe Sapien, I would read the BPRD first. I would read them both. But th- something about Abe, uh, Hellboy is, is the, the, the might of of the the BPRD and Abe right. is is the heart and for some reason the stories are just they they strike home quicker and and with more impact when they feature Abe for me hmm. I think he's great and and I gotta say this what's her name Vavaria the 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 little girl what, what's her first name the the little Russian girl Olva? from 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 the BPRD <laughs> she creeps the hell out of me <laughs> no. She doesn't upset you guys. She's freaky. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Abe is Abe is the moral compass of of yeah. the the BPRD yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is he's very he's very much the um, the gentle spirit of yeah. uh, of the BPRD, and I, I do I, I I love Abe as a character. Um, uh, he doesn't smash the, first and then ask questions. He asks questions yeah, first. He's yeah. very thoughtful. Um, I love the uh, the drowning miniseries. Was, oh yeah, yeah. Anything with Jason Alexander on art is yep. is gonna get my attention, but yeah, you're you're I I love Abe as a character. And uh, Yosef just wanted to do his job. So if 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 you wanted to read a neat little two issue miniseries, it was wham bam. Yeah, two it's issues, very nice, and compact and tight. Yeah, yep. you, you, Abe Sapien, Abyssal Plane. Fantastic. You're right though, Vince. I think you it's it, it's it's sort of it, it, Abe Sapien's almost the he's just sort of the vessel for which the story could be told. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it didn't actually have to be in the Hellboy universe uh, at all, other than, the, you know, it obviously sells better than it is, So, so they, they, but but the story really has very little, if not anything, to do with the Hellboy characters. Yeah. Just and you get to see to sort of... pirate zombies come mm-hmm. on, <laughs> with beards. Bearded pirate with zombies. With love. With love. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Pirate zombies in love. All right, what else we got? Wood, do you want to take something away here? Um, well, I I did read something uh, that came out this week, and I, I I hope you guys did, or at least I think Chris did, and that's um, uh, Morning Glories. Oh, one. finished it up right before the show. So glad you're okay, talking cool. about it. Yeah, um, it's written by Nick Spencer, and I unfortunately, because I'm doing this football thing, I don't have the issue handy to tell you who the artists are. So do you know offhand, Chris? Yep, um, yep, I got it right here. Um, and it's it's spelled odd. I should I should know it. Uh, uh, Joe uh, Isma. 
Um, and the uh, the colorist is Alex uh, Salazzo, um, Johnny Lowe on uh, on letters. And uh, okay. this is uh, uh, it's the creative team behind Existence 2.0 right. and 3.0, which yep. I have yeah. not read yet. I ordered. Uh, it's coming uh, via DCBS pretty soon. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's it's the first issue. Uh, the, the premise is basically um, there's a school. Uh, and I'm going to try and limit what we say because I don't want to give away the big reveals because that's the hook. But there's a school for gifted youngsters. It's not the X-Men, but you know, it's 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 not the most original trope in that regard, right? I mean, it's, it's more, it's, more more Hellfire Academy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you get you you pretty quickly into the first issue realize that the school isn't exactly uh, the wonderful haven that that. Uh, that you know the kids would want it to be. It's uh, uh, and then the the rest of the issue, which is why I really enjoyed it, is I've always been a huge fan. Maybe it's because I was a child of the '80s of all those you know action films where they get the, you know they spend the first half of the film getting the team together. You know, like they they go to the uh, you know they they show up to the dude's trailer home and they're like ah Pete the Archer, we gotta get you on the team. You know, it's like they they get the whole team growing. That's pretty much what this is. They show you, they introduce you to this incoming class of students, and you know they're from all different walks of life, and they kind of set up each of their backgrounds and who they are and why they're going to the school. And basically, it's this it's supposedly this really exclusive prep school um, where these kids are getting offered scholarships to go there. And some of the kids are brilliant, and you understand it. Other kids seem to be total screw-ups, and, and their parents are kind of baffled as to why they would even get a chance to go to the school, but, you know, they're going to send them anyway. Um, and then once you once they get there, you very quickly, Nick Spencer, throws out a lot of 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 twists and turns that, that set up for what could be years' worth of stories. I mean, he, 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 he gives you a bunch of different shocking moments that certainly are there to be told, you know, long stories to be unfolded, but he, he hooks you in with it, this wasn't like a, a book that had like one reveal at the end, although it does have, the last page is a big reveal, it had, you know, I would say five or six moments where you're like, oh, I wonder what's going on with that, and presumably if the book does well, you'll we'll find out, right, I mean it's, uh, this will be his first ongo- attempt at an ongoing series after a couple of minis um, but I liked it quite a bit I liked it quite mm. a bit, oh, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was great, um any book that you know, and none of us are teenagers anymore, but any book that that captures that kind of um, teenage spirit and and just that has has a voice where you know it definitely pulls you back into your high school years and and mm-hmm. sounds authentic. I, I respect that when writers are able to do that because that's that's a hard thing to do is to be able to write like a you know, like, like a teenager speaks, you know, or at least how how we think a teenager speaks, and you know I. I, it was one of those. Oh, Bendis can do I, that. Yeah, Bendis is Bendis is fantastic about it. He can't write. He can't write. He can't write adult superhero comics worth of shit. But um, uh, teenagers. Yeah, thanks for poking the bear. That's <laughs> spicy. Uh, but um, yeah, Nick Cage shouldn't talk like he's fifteen. Oh um, my god. <laughs> Nick Cage. <laughs> Luke Cage. Luke. Or Luke did Cage. I say Nick Cage? Yeah, yeah it's no, okay. You're thinking of Ghost Rider. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, no, this was this was this was fantastic. It definitely has. Uh, um, what did you uh, think of the art, Chris? It. <sighs> I'm glad you said that. I I'm ended glad up, you said that. I ended up really liking it. Um, I mean, it's um, if you like uh, if you like the the coloring that like Maury Hallwell does on McNiven. I think if you're a McNiven Hallwell uh, Dexter Vines fan, that this will probably appeal to you. Um, it's um it's pretty it's it's clean 
and and I think that works for the story just fine. Um, I'm I'm getting to the point in my art preferences where I like stuff that's a little little bit looser, a little bit more gestural than this. Right. Um, See, but, I saw a preview of that on the site that keeps asking me to join its freaking newsletter, and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll tell you. This is not a uh, critical assessment of the art either way. I didn't dislike it. I didn't particularly go crazy over it. But there was nothing there in that preview that would ever inspire me to go pick up the issue. Yeah, I, I was going to say I didn't. Uh, I didn't know what the art. I I'd seen Nick Spencer interviewed. Maybe it was on my fanboy on their uh, on their one of their con shows where they interviewed him. Um, and and he he seemed like a, a cool dude, like a sharp dude, and. Like Chris said, the uh, the existence books and uh, the other one that did it was it um, uh, thought not thoughtless. Uh, there, there's another one he did. Um, it was the existence 2.0 and 3.0, and then one other one uh, recently. But they all have been getting a lot of buzz, and I, I it just he seems kind of be like the it boy of late. And then I saw him interviewed, and he really did come across as a pretty cool dude, and, and he really seems psyched about Morning Glories. It was his dream project, so that was enough for me to order it. But to be quite honest with you, the art really did next to nothing for me. It it um it was just to me standard uh almost like what when people think of licensed comic book art like it's it's technically there like the people mm-hmm. look like people the desks look like desks but there's just no there there's no nuance to it there's no Damn. you know it's just drawings on a piece of paper like um and, and believe me the dude can draw 80,000 times better than I ever could so I don't want to say like it's bad art it's not like looking like what the fuck is that but it's just like the, the the things just look like things. It's just like right. like draw me two people standing in a room in a school with a chalkboard, and that's what it looks like. But it's right. Not like- that's what I was I was going to say. Yeah. In his in in his defense, he didn't. It didn't seem like the the script gave him all that much meat on which to chew. It just seemed like people talking, people in a car, people driving around, people in a classroom. You know that visually. Uh, maybe you know Charlie Adler or, or Alex Toth could do something magic with that, but most guys they're gonna just they're gonna do what they have to do to get it out. And I I just didn't uh, the I think the cover's fantastic. Who did the cover? The 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 group ensemble uh, cover yeah, with the check. the blonde chick with the standing in the front. That's really nice. Mm, I don't know offhand. It looks that looks good, but otherwise, I'll probably pick pick it up and trade. I, yeah. I've been been reluctant to get the the image uh, new image series unless they're really out there. Like say a new Godland comes along, yeah, I'd get that in singles. But yeah. from now on, I'm getting the the trades on on stuff. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I I think the the art was was um, definitely adequate for the story, and I yeah. really like where the story is going. So I mean, I'm I'm in for issue two for sure. It's, uh, well, and, and to be honest, this is not. Um, I'd be. I'd love to hear our buddy Zach Cruzy talk about this because it's. It's it, the first issue is not all that dissimilar in premise from Zach's book, The Contingent. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. real. You know, Zach's Zach's book about the Contingent is a little more overt in that his characters all have definitive superpowers. So I don't know if that's where this book, Morning Glories, is necessarily going. I mean, clearly, like we know the one guy's pretty strong, and we know. We know they're badasses. We don't necessarily know if they have like tried and true like superpowers other than maybe you know being physically adept. But it's kind of the same thing, right? Where and then there's it. It kind of reminded me of a of a blend between Zach's The Contingent and then um, a book I don't know if any of you guys read, uh, A Necessary Evil. 
it was a I can't remember the publisher it came out maybe like two years ago it was a indie came out for maybe like eight issues and it was uh it was pretty good again the art not good at all the story I liked which was uh it was a um uh, it was like a, an Xavier school but for super villains in training you know and so that was kind of oh. like the, it was it was cute it was uh, the, it was uh the, the story I liked a lot it was very funny well written but the the art was mm, rough it was you know, not it not your cuppa. Yeah, no, just you know, uh, but right, but but so this kind of reminded me of that. Although again, I I, I assume from what I've, I've heard of Spencer's, he's got a if the sales are there, he's got a long sort of arc for this, you know, a multi-year story to tell here, uh, which I always get into. I love to kind of get behind those kind of those kind of you know me- mega arcs. So well, let's hope, let's hope it catches on. Yeah, cool, Christopher. Oh, let me see here. What was I put uh, Morning Glories down to the bottom of the stack? I'm gonna um, I'm gonna piggyback on you, Vince. Nice. I love it when you do that. Rub it down. A little bit more Mignola love. I guess last week or two weeks ago, Baltimore, the plague ships came out and it is uh, a five issue miniseries that's coming out from uh, from dark horse and it is uh, uh in the mignola universe it is uh uh character um uh baltimore and that's not his his full name uh we find it here but uh uh it is a story by mike mignola and christopher golden with art by ben stenbeck and uh uh, Baltimore is a, a vampire hunter in uh, in post uh, World War One, and uh, all right, yeah, it's the tail end of World War One. Uh, it, it 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 definitely has um, uh, all of the feel of of the Mignola universe. It's uh, supernatural and, and demon hunters and and that kind of stuff. Um, there was a novel which I'm rifling out here uh called baltimore or the steadfast tin soldier and the vampire and uh it is uh, an illustrated novel from uh, mignola and uh, and chris golden i have not read the novel yet because it doesn't have um a bunch of pictures in it and most has, has a pretty cover though <laughs> it does it has a beautiful cover it's actually on my on my stack of prose stuff that i want to get to um just just like you know Hellboy or BPRD or any of the the other Mignola titles, um, if you are a fan of his work, then you know obviously Baltimore is um, is a great title to pick up. Um, he's very very similar in uh, you know in the Hellboy vein of being kind of the uh, the tortured soul that is you know hunting down the uh, uh, the evils of the world and having to. Uh, um, uh, make you know deals with the devil along the way, so it's uh, um, you know it's 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 pretty standard Mignola affair, but uh, it's beautifully illustrated, and uh, and if you like those period pieces, uh, especially with uh, not Nazis but uh, but uh, uh, vampire German soldiers from uh, the the early 1900s, mm-hmm. then uh, yeah. it's 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 definitely, definitely yeah. I liked it a lot, Chris. I, uh, I I I hadn't. I, I wasn't gonna. Um, I was gonna wait for the trade on it, but then you mentioned it, so I figured I actually read the first issue. It, uh, I, yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, I, I I'm just on a vampire kick of late. I don't like on like books and TV, and I actually just watched movie on like Daybreakers. I'm just like on this vampire kick, but uh, 
But, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was really good. I mean, the art, it, it, you know, Mignola's built this universe where, like, you know, he has all these different artists involved with him and stuff, and they all sort of yeah. have the same aesthetic. And they're all distinct. It's not like they're all clones or it's not like in, mm-hmm. back in the image days where they just train in young guys to, to, to mimic them. Each of them is very distinctive, but it just has that same yeah. vibe, you know, the same color palette, the same mood. It's just, um, yeah. and, and there's not a bad one in the group. I mean, they're all just champs. You Guy know? Davis, Duncan Figredo, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Azaceta. Uh, as a setup, um, yeah. Christopher, mm-hmm. did I hear a lighter fire up while you were talking? Yeah. Are you smoking again? I'm. I'm. I'm having a little pipe tonight. Oh. Okay. oh well, that's. I guess that's okay. Listen to you, Sherlock. Sherlock Bonavolio. Wow. Hey, I'm, I have very good ears. I'll get yeah, the, 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 the wife's out of the wife's out of town, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna break out a pipe while I'm talking to my boys tonight. So yeah, just kind of just just uh, okay. kick them back and uh, just uh, be careful. Just you know, look look, you know, look the, the Sherlock Holmes role tonight because you can't you can't smoke a pipe in public, um, and and, and you know very often so you know it's it's a night in the comic book room so i don't do it very often because you know smoke uh you know in in the comic room it could be bad so i'm gonna, I'm gonna break out a bong next week all right nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> baby. and uh you know um i'm really vampired out i'm sick of vampires but it's funny i'm i i i can totally get that because it's they're heavily exposed now but i'm so like i'm just going crazy for them i like i just want like i said I just watched daybreakers um i just that? Uh, Bad. But what was I going to say? Started, I just started watching True Blood. I was going to say, my uh, wife and I watched True Blood. Love that. Um, I, I have a book that I'm bringing to vacation um, called The Passage, which has uh, got a little bit of vampire theme to it. I uh, I don't know. I just... Uh, but I understand where you're coming from, Vince. I mean, yeah. I, th- I don't think you're alone. Lots of, I think the Twilight thing has set a lot of people off in that direction, right? Well, and it's just now with the X-Men and all the vampire shit. Oh, I haven't read any of the vampire X-Men stuff. Yeah, yet. But I will give Mignola a pass because he was doing it along when it wasn't cool. And that that's his stock and trade monsters, creepy things that, you know, bump in the night. So Mignola gets a pass from me for mm-hmm. vampires. So, yeah, I have this issue. I did not get around to read it because... Um, I read Fear Agent 28. How's that for its segue? So good. All I have to say, or it's a question to Rick Remender, why do you hate Heath Houston? Why? <laughs> why? Why? why am I... and it, he explains it to you in the letter column. I know, but I still don't get it. Why would you want to torture your child like this? And, and make no mistake, Heath is his child of sorts. The shit that he has put this character through in 28 issues... It, Ten times more than anyone should have to endure. And they should have subtitled this uh, miniseries out of step, which they did. Let's kill all the main characters off. Because mm-hmm. it's crazy. <laughs> no, one, no one gets out alive. I don't think no. I don't think anyone will, to tell you the truth. In four issues, if, if Heath is still alive, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, Exceptionally they took, they took surprised. Them, they took a few of them out in this issue. <laughs> a couple and for people who um go to our forum david bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum that's bullpenbulletinspodcast.com dash forum like deep, sexy billy d williams version and and, and and dap thank you so much for all the hard work and yes. getting the, the 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 server switch over and all that so yeah kudos yeah i was gonna thank you but i told you that was only yesterday that was now. yesterday yeah no it was it, it it would have probably been up sooner, but it wouldn't have been the way it is now. So I figured we uh, better have it back the way it was. So and if it, normally I I I'll know better for next time, and I don't want to sidetrack Vince. I just wanted to uh, 
make sure everything was going to my personal crap when I fool around online I don't care about but since there were hundreds of, of thousands of, of files that had to do with, with the form I didn't want to screw anything up with that and, and even though it was like two days it still took way longer than I wanted to and I gotta thank uh, Gobo for helping me out when I got home Ryan. he uh, he he hooked me up with a couple of commands that, that made things go a little smoother when, when I got here so uh, nice. nice excellent cool well like I said, if you are a frequent uh, member or contributor to our forum, you know the dude that did the backup story in this issue. Yes. Zerzo G. Yes, Zerzo G. Penalta. I this love work, um, Written by. Well, forget that for a second. Laser, <laughs> you can't. Our, our very yeah, own. My buddies. Our very own Laser Raw drew Laser this. Raw, and colored it. Yeah, baby, baby. And the, the little glistening cherry on top of that cake, it was written by Hillary Barda. Which is awesome. It, yeah, uh, it's, it's a cool it was, little story. Yeah, I mean, it, w it was definitely uh, um, a little, uh, you know, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup action for me. It was two, you know, little peanut butter, little chocolate on that yeah, one. Yeah. It was great. Two things and I love. I see a lot of Richard Corbin in uh, Laser Raw's art. A lot of Corbin. He's mm -hmm. he's going uh, he's going down that road, and and I'm loving it. I, I hope I, I wish him many more uh, opportunities for work because I just want to see more and more of his stuff. He also did the back cover. It's great, and yeah, uh, you know, you know where 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 Rick, I think, just revels in torturing um, Heath. I think Hillary really understands the fun that you can have with that character. Yeah, yeah. I hope that's what happens at the end of this series, where Remender hands it off to whoever, just do a, a Tales of the Fear Agent, whether it's you know a bi-monthly or quarterly, even even by biannually just don't let heath go keep keep mm -hmm. the keep the character alive and you know there's there's oodles i love that word of of past storylines they can jump into just like heath is a boy heath in the in the you know with the fear agents heath uh, you don't necessarily have to don't eulogize the character after this miniseries i'm i swear i think heath is going to the the, the great beyond after this it just <laughs> does not look good uh, and I can't how tell. Many, how many body changes is this now? Um, jeez, oh, I, I lost track. It, it, it's it, it's a minimum of two. So you ain't lying. Yep. He, yeah. He's actually he's died twice now, yeah. and this is what issue what twenty twenty nine twenty eight twenty eight. It's I mean think about that for a second. In twenty eight issues, think about how expansive that universe is that they've created for for Fear Agent. Yeah, and it's, one one special in twenty eight issues. I think. Yeah, so yeah, so so twenty in twenty nine issues. Think how big the Fear Agent universe is. Mm. And I can't tell where. The Mike Hawthorne begins and the Tony Moore ends. It's pretty seamless. Yeah, it's, I was going to say because this is the first series that hasn't been drawn by either Tony or um, or Jerome, and uh, and Mike Hawthorne does a hell of a job. Yeah, yeah. Hawthorne's a beast, man. Yep. Excellent yeah, I really enjoyed issue. it. I, uh, it's it. The cool thing about that that series, and and I mean, as it's certainly uh, one of my favorites. I know it's one of pretty much all of our favorites. Is that uh, even though it's been a while since I've I've read it. Um, I'm so I'm so in love with the universe that Rick's created that I don't have to I don't ever read an issue like with 28 and feel like oh damn I got to go back and read that last trade to remember what happened because it's a complex I mean it's time travel it's like you said different bodies clones mm -hmm. and yet I don't I I read that issue and I felt like I had no you know there wasn't any moment where I was like well, now what what's this about like what happened here I just you know it's I pick right up where I left off so I got to give him credit for that yeah but just to watch all your loved ones either 
vaporized or turned into cybernetic <laughs> the Borg. Yeah, it's it, poor poor Heath. Ah. Yeah. I hope he gets some before he buys it. That that would be a nice <laughs> consolation prize. He's gonna get drunk is what he's gonna do. <laughs> it's always a good thing. Uh, one more before I pass it on. Sure quickie, a quickie, a good, a good already. pilot season book. Yes, okay. there is such a thing. Get as out. A, yeah, uh, Robert Kirkman, Mark Silvestri, Bernard Chang, Stellar. They named it right because this issue was pretty damn good. Uh, it's Stellar. Yeah, Stellar. Pilot season stellar. Um, it's a superpowered chick with a checkered past trying to atone for her sins, but it seems like her other superpowered brethren will not allow her to do this because they put her in a position where they're going to Earth to take the damn thing over and they're, they demand her participation or else. I guess there's a, a squad of superpowered individuals that have been exiled for their crimes, mm -hmm. and um, she's extremely radioactive, uh, kills people uh, just by being in contact with them, I guess. Sounds like my first girlfriend. It, it's, it's, a, it's a really tight issue. It, it does what first issue should do. Well, not first issues, but actually pilots should do. Introduces the character, makes me give a shit about her, and then throws her into the meat grinder because uh, I want to see more of this character. Who knows what's going to win, but uh, for right now, after all I've seen from the pilot season books, I'm going to give my vote to Stellar, because it's really cool. And the cover by Silvestri, he still got it. Silvestri can still pencil like a bastard, and he draws good, hot chicks, and uh, I liked it. Like, who did I say? Um, colors by Felix Serrano and line art by Bernard Chang. We've heard of him. He's yes. good. Yeah. Pilot season Stellar. Don't run out and get it, but if you see it, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> you happen to trip across this. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ben. Uh, I love it when art imitates life, and by art, I am talking, of course, of the 11 O'Clock po Comics podcast. Uh, I am listening to you guys in the car here uh, talking about your favorite places to read comics, uh, both now and as a kid. And it just so happens that I'm on my way home from work, on the way to head out on vacation, going up to uh, my family's camp up in Maine, uh, much like Mr. Wood. Uh, it's a place I've been going every summer of my life since uh, I was a little kid. And uh, we have a little lake house cottage up there, a uh, big wraparound porch that overlooks the lake. And uh, it's just my favorite place in the world to sit and read comics. And uh, I am headed up there this weekend. I'll be there all next week. I've got a short box stacked up, uh, half full with singles and my, my, all my Regina books and then half full with trades and I'm going to be digging into some Grant Morrison X-Men and some Planetary and man, I don't even know what else I put in there but I've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up uh, ready to be read next week and uh, it was pretty cool just listening to you guys talk about your favorite spots to read comics because that's where I'm headed for the next week, sitting by the lake reading comics, I uh, won't be listening to you guys next week probably so I'll miss you but I won't miss you that much and uh, I can't wait for the next episode <laughs> There are oh um, boy, <laughs> there, there we go. There, uh, <laughs> I know how we we tend to um, talk about how we'll 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 save and just buy the trades or the collections, and right. we're kind of weaning ourselves off of single issues. But there are there are a couple of books that I will have to continue to buy when they come out monthly basis or however often they they appear. Um, one of them, which is not by the big two. It's published by Oni Press. 
and it's the sixth gun. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, sure. Hell yeah. And this is this is the first book in a while that I um read the first issue for Free Comic Book Day, decided to buy it when uh when it was solicited with the second issue and uh and it came with a nifty little print. But yeah. the uh and and for those that, that asked the the only difference between the free comic book day and the non free comic book day is, is the cover. The insides, the ads, everything else is the same. Oh, uh, so sounds you, like Savage Dragon one forty seven. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Um, the second issue, it, it, when I got to the end of it, it wasn't. It didn't. Hmm. Normally, when I will read something, I'll, I'll, I want the next issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm like this with the third issue for the sixth gun. I want to read it now just because I want to see where it goes. I mean, I'm, I'm cursing Cullen and Brian in that regard, but I don't feel like, I don't want the next issue now because I feel like I didn't get enough or that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I feel gypped in any way. I just, I want more, more story. I, I haven't, yeah. right. I, I, we get so much. And I mean, the first issue did a nice job of setting thing up. I, I thought the second issue moved the story along very quickly. Nothing was wasted. Everything nice, steady clip. We got another character introduced, and 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 more of the story or the mystery is is uh, is being thrown our way. The the bad guys are really really bad, and everybody's unique. And and the art and the colors are, are fantastic. But I'm I'm so wrapped up in in this world that I just I want more of it. And it is it it will be as long. As they continue to put the sixth gun out, I will continue to buy it. I will not wait for uh, for a collection of any sort. I want to read this as as it happens. Wow! Yeah, no. And, I, and I, was, yeah, I, I was the same way with their with their last series, The Damned. Damned. Yeah, mm-hmm. The yeah. Damned is one of my all time favorite comics. Do you, well, David, do you want to set it up a little bit about what it's about? Or are you trying to keep? We that can. No, I mean we can. I mean it's um, it is set in. Oh, I don't know. Do you say the old west, wild west? It, yeah, it, I would say like the like 18, yeah, like the eighteen eighties, right? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the there is a uh, there is there's the sixth gun, and and uh, legend has it that it 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 vanished after the war. Um, it, why why do they call it the sixth gun? See, I know you were going to ask me that. <laughs> okay, and and hopefully because. The whiskey's hitting me. Maybe somebody else can can remember. Um, I do know that it was. Um, I do know that it's connected to its owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whoever whoever holds the gun, uh, the gun stays with them. Nobody else can pretty much handle the gun until the current owner is is dead. Um, the wife of was it Oleander was it uh, General Oleander Bedford Hume. Uh, his wife, his widow, is uh, is looking for it, it. It's it's a matching set of guns. So she has one. Her husband's gun disappeared. She wants the gun back. Uh, the gun is in the possession of a um, of an old man. She hires a agency to find the gun. They do find it. Unfortunately, the um, the old man's stepdaughter ends up in possession of the gun. So they have to take her to uh to the widow and she's going to hold the girl hostage until uh until the general returns to to claim his uh his property and and there is uh I'm I'm still trying to figure out why 
the uh, why our, our hero in in quotes wh- where his involvement is because I don't think that's been explained yet. In the first two, yeah, I would agree. I don't. I'm with you. I don't. So I don't, I, I don't know why he's after the gun or why he's after because he was looking for the old man at first, but I, I'm guessing that it's because he was also looking for the gun. So things still. I mean, nothing's been. I don't want to say nothing's been explained, but I mean, we're just we're a lot. We're not. Whereas other books, like uh, okay, for example, Officer Down, when when uh, when everybody is when, when we're getting the backstory on who Terrence Down is, we the, the the chief is explaining it to the rookie. So the rookie is our eyes, our ears. So he's the everyman. So we have we can follow the story through him. There's nobody like that in the sixth gun. You're you're in it from the beginning, hitting the ground running, and you're along for the ride, and 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 you're gonna figure it out as it goes on, and that's not. It, that's not to be confusing or anything. It's just I, I enjoy that. It's it's different. There's, you know, there's there's no there's no hand holding here. You know, whether you want to say that you you you're restricted by like editor's notes or recap pages or anything like that. Nothing like this is going on with this book. And it's, it's only two issues. So once once we get to the third, maybe we'll we'll find out more. But I mean, we're getting more characters thrown at us, and. Everybody's unique. Everybody's different. They have a unique look. They have a they they have a, a distinct personality. So nothing's confusing, and uh, and I'm really happy with with the world that uh, that they're creating with with this series so far. So I mean, it's 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 a weak ass attempt at setting something up because I really don't. I'm still not 100 percent clear on what it is I'll be setting up. It's mm-hmm. a supernatural western. Go yeah. have fun. Yeah. <laughs> go, go play. Go play. Go play. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, it, and it's produced and, and, by damn good people. It really yeah, is. And, and Brian, Brian and Cullen, I mean, they, they're a writer and writer artist team that are just so well matched together. And it's, I mean, they're guys that, you know, honestly are, are good friends with each other and have produced some really fantastic comics. You can just tell that, that from the, from the writing and, and artist perspective, they're, they're so much on the same page and they were on, on the damned and, and the six gun is just a great continuation of the, uh, of that, of that feel. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, that's, that's a team that, uh, you know, it's, a, you always hope that, that teams like that are able to stick together. Yeah. Um, you know, Cullen is doing some, uh, is doing some, some work at Marvel now with, uh, Mr. Fowler. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, on, uh, you on, know Jason, this. on Jason's favorite character. And, uh, you know, Brian, uh, pops up. He did one of my favorite, um, uh, DC series that, um, that Gerber wrote. He did, uh, a hard time. Hard time? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yep. uh, so so hurt is uh, he's he's awesome man. Very true. Who wants to go? Because I got another one. Come on, of course. Yeah, I thought you you did. Jason, aren't you up? Uh, no, I did morning glories. I jumped in on the. Uh, no, I'm good. Let's Vince. Let's Vince I got get one. his out. Um, from Radical of all companies. Really? Oh, wow, that's awesome. N- not oh, a big fan of Radical's books. Not at all. Me neither. Uh, if it wasn't for Last Days of American Crime and this book, I, I would not give them. Is this the new Palmiotti Gray book? New. I would not give oh. them sent one. This is Hot Wire. Oh, sec- oh <laughs> even Pew. Yeah, you love Pew. I do love Pew. The uh, the Hotwire second miniseries called Deep Cut. Why are you laughing, David? Because he asked if it was Palmiotti and Gray's in the book, and I thought like, you said something Ew. about I wouldn't give him one. And, and I don't know if it's because of them or Galassi or what. But anyway, continue. Oh, it's about Galassi on that one. All Definitely, right. definitely yeah. But no, I mean, uh, Radical's books do absolutely nothing for me. 
same here. It they're they're occasionally before people complain. I've read six of them. So Me it's not too. Like, yeah, I read Caliber. Like both both rounds of Hercules. Yeah, uh, they're pretty, but what was that... the, uh, the the like the mech, mecha one? Not that you know the uh, was that hot water the first hot water? What was it? Um, no. no, I know what you're talking about. Not uh, dusted. Uh, what the hell was the name of it? But, but anyway, um, and, and I I read a book concurrently with this one, also from Radical, called um, Legends by Nick Percival, and I'm going to compare them as to how you do it and how you don't do it. Nice. Steve Pugh, this is how you do it. Because I don't know if he, he works entirely digitally. Uh, he does. But, no. but if he does, his media looks natural to me. This stuff yeah. looks like he's painting on on board or, or canvas. It just looks real. I heard him uh, on an interview. I think it might have been, uh, I think maybe Bree Tall interviewed him on the comic book page for the first uh, Hotwire series. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure Pugh does it all digital now, yeah. And he is just fantastic. He has an eye, a cinematic eye. This book flows. It is so tight and beautiful. But let me, I'll set it up. It, 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 they, it's in a world much like George <laughs> Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead. It's kind of similar, except the dead aren't coming back as zombies. The dead just aren't leaving. Their spirits mm-hmm. are are sequestered on Earth, and they feed off of electricity energy and because the uh humanity has evolved to a point where everything is uh high speed communication and wireless and digital and and uh, technology is much along the lines of where we are now a little bit more advanced the 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 spirits siphon off this energy they feed on it they're like cows spectral cows just grazing on this this energy so they've devised these towers that are supposed to keep the spirits away, but in a lot of cases, they, it's not enough. So in walks Alice Hotwire, Metro Police Detective Exorcist. She's awesome and she's hot. And, and she's called in when, much like the, uh, Ghostbusters, whenever there's a, a, a creepy crawly that doesn't want to leave, they bring her in and she takes care of the situation. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, this miniseries features Alice. Um, a little bit of backstory about Alice and one of her more uh, crazed boyfriends, um, which comes back to bite her on the ass because I guess her boyfriend is n- now deceased and does not want to leave. And so we, we see her in her bedroom and she's playing video games and the, the camera pans and her dead boyfriend's in her bed. And he's like tickling her with her toes and she's drunk off her ass. Uh, party A party girl. She's live, live hard, live fast, die young type uh, character. And um, so she's called in, spur of the moment, on a job. There's a uh, uh, a creepy crawly doing its business, and they call her in. Unfortunately, they, she takes this anti-drunk, anti-inebriation um, substance that doesn't reduce the alcohol in your blood, but for all intents and purposes, you don't feel the effects of the alcohol. Okay. And at the end of this issue... Uh, one of the Metro Police squads tag. She takes her her her, uh, her bike helmet off, and he tags her breath, and he uh, notices that she's drunk, which is a no-no for a Metro Police uh, operative on the job. Mm-hmm. And so they they arrest her. They bring her in, and there's a, there seems to be a pileup uh, on a highway because the Metro Police screw up. Uh, all cars on this highway are controlled remotely. So there's there's no accidents. They don't bump into each other, and uh, the metro police step in, guns a popping, and they fire 
at a uh, a ghost, and when they do, the electromagnetic energy from their blast knocks out the guidance system on the highway. So we have a pileup, and uh, a couple of those unfortunate victims of the pileup refused to die, refused to go away. Well, they did die. They they refused to depart, let's say. So she's brought in, and that's when they discover that she's been drinking, and they, they bring her away. But Steve Pugh, oh, do I love this man's work? He's He has a color sense that knocks me on my ass. Every panel, even the most innocuous situations, uh, just say Alice Hotwire in, in a hospital bed because uh, she lost her arm in, in the uh, previous series. And, and just couple people sitting by a hospital bed it's beautiful it's gorgeous he draws interiors as as well as he draws human beings and he draws technology even better and and the the effects that he imparts on the ghosts oh it's stunning did you get this book wood no you need to you need to get this it, it's gorgeous and sh- i'm telling you alice is smoking hot and i don't know if pew has a model but if he does i want to meet her because the the look the, the 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 facial characteristics and body are very consistent across all of these pages so either mm-hmm. he's damn good or he's drawn from life and i want to meet this woman cuz she's hot yeah. smoking hot <laughs> and and another big props to uh Steve Pugh he's also writing this Warren mm-hmm. Ellis's name is on the front just so they can write him a check I guess I guess he originally came up with the concept with Steve, and he's been riding on Steve's brilliance ever since. I love Warren Ellis. I'm just making a joke, but uh, Ellis's name's on the front. But I doubt sure, that he worried. contributed very much to this issue, if anything, because Pew is credited as writer and illustrator. And he letters yeah. the damn thing. Good God, damn. he's all he's jack of all trades, master of all too. He is fantastic. But this is where I wanted to compare this. Hotwire deep cut to Nick Percival's work on Legends, The Enchanted, which I'm I'm guessing that Nick is another digital artist, but he falls into the the detail trap. He imparts so much detail into his work that it's really hard to get a focal point on the work. Like the the even things in the background are crystal clear, and you have this huge swath of extremely sharp visuals and you don't know where to focus you don't know where to put your eye and and i I think that that's where percival i don't want to say fails but he's much less successful as as than steve Pugh. steve is just the granddaddy i I love his work but you know what they did radical in putting together this legends the enchanted book the pages are messed up there's huge there's sequences of the narrative that are out of order in the hardcover it's a one-shot hardcover. It's about 128 pages. It, it's kind of fables-esque. You have Jack the Giant Killer and R- Rose Red and, and Red Riding Hood and, and Gold, not Goldilocks, um, the chick with the hair. The, the hair in the tower chick. Rapunzel's in it and, and, and Pinocchio. And it's this dark, extremely dark fantasy about, uh, one of these little local city magistrates giving the city over to the corruption and he has to take out the enchanted who don't die and they can't get hurt because they eat the, they take these magic beans. It, it's pretty cool, but it would have been a hell of a lot cooler if the story made sense. There are chunks of the story that are shuffled around and I, I put a, a reading order. I, I started to, to write out a reading order as I was doing it just so I can make sense out of the story, but I, I quit after a while. It just, it wasn't worth it, but there's there's like one or two pages that are in the second half of the book that obviously go in the first half like 
um, one character is being beaten and chained and, and you get thrown right into the action. And then maybe 30 pages later, you see the character that has been, before she was beaten in the chains, taunting her, her um, oppressors. Obviously, the page goes before, but it's in the back of the book. Why? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And the narrative's like all over the friggin' place. Characters bust into this sanctuary, and then the characters that were in the sanctuary are okay in the next couple pages. And then the character that busted into the sanctuary is doing his stuff in the sanctuary after that. It's a mess. And it's just another reason why I just I don't like radical stuff. It just seems like... I know it's Barry Levine, and I know they're trying hard to get these things made into movies, but I really don't care. I mean, if you're going to take this kind of attention with your hardcovers that was like 20 bucks, why should I give you my money? Why? You guys don't care. And you shouldn't care because it's radical. It shouldn't even be a blip on your radar. The only radical, wow. books, the only radical books you should care about are Hotwire and Last Days of American Crime because they're good. Damn it, Eric. I'm, sp I'm supposed to be the negative one on the show. <laughs> I'm not negative, but when I'm reading a book and it doesn't make sense because the pages are out, negative, are out of order, that's fucking crazy. It's nuts. And it's not a printer problem because, Chris, you know how signatures are cut yep, and, and collated and stitched. And uh -huh. you, can, you cannot have, it's virtually impossible to have one page out of order. It has to be the fault of the, de the layout artist that was putting together this, the periodical. has to be. Yeah. And, it, and yeah, it's, 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 it's just shoddy. Yeah, correctly. No, no. But anyway, so I'm done bitching. I'm sorry. Can I talk about something good? Yeah. Please do. Well, no, Hotwire's good. It's fucking great. Okay. All right. Um, we've talked about it before. We've had we, we've had um, one of the creators on as as a friend and a guest. If you are not buying Thor the Mighty Avenger, you are missing out on what is possibly the best, yes. the best superhero comic book that is going on at Marvel right now. Yeah. When I say that The Sixth Gun is one of the few books I'd buy when it comes out on a monthly basis, Thor the Mighty Avenger is another one. Yeah, And it, I, I don't want this... To uh, to ring hollow because you know folks obviously know that um, that we consider Chris a, a friend and he's he's been a guest on the show, um, but man he is he is knocking it out of the park on this and and the the language the language scripts on these um, you want to talk about a perfect way to uh, to create a little pocket universe and redefine a character that you you need not have any any knowledge of Thor to jump into this it actually almost helps to not have any knowledge of Thor a, a, as a character to to start reading this um it it works so well as a first introduction but if you are a long time Marvel fan there are definitely some nuggets there for you um bringing a, a villain like Mr. Hyde into this which I mean you want to talk about you know C-list villains Mr. Yeah. Hyde is definitely a C-list villain but um I mean there's there's so much heart and soul in this book that I mean you just read it and you're like you know what the the people that are doing this book really care about it and I I I am in love with this book right now. The recap page for the, on the second issue, recapping mm -hmm. the first, was fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. There's no text. You don't need you know you don't need a black page with white text telling you what happened. You just 
could use was, some annals from the yep. previous issue. And it was previously and then and shortly, shortly. <laughs> At the museum, it um, you know it, it definitely changes the mythos a little bit. Um, yes. uh, Jane is is Jane Foster is not uh, a nurse, and there's no Donald Blake to be you know to be found so far. Uh, uh, Jane is a, a, a curator, uh, basically at a at a, a museum, and um, we were talking about this a little bit last night uh, whenever we were just uh, kind of chit chatting instead of recording. And if you know if you know Chris and Laura Somney, you can't read this book and say, "Wow, Chris has totally." Uh, it, it, Laura has to be a model for for Jane Foster. <laughs> you, you, just, you just look at that character and it's like, yeah, this is you know, Chris is 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 really you know, I, I don't know if it, it sounds weird to say this is like a love letter to you know to his wife. You know, he, he's basically putting her in this comic, and it's uh, it, it's really it's really kind of thrill. Well, you got to use those assistants when you can. Exactly, you know, she's you know she's she's working full time, you know, as in the in the studio. But uh, no, it, it it's kind of a it's kind of a thrill for me to 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 read the book and, and and knowing those folks and just just knowing how excited he is to be working on it. And yeah, there's just there's just a lot of a lot of soul in this book. And, it's a little uh, bit a uh, little bit different than the style we're used to from him. I mean, there's obviously there's no there's no scratchy gritty line like there was on like. Siege embedded, or, or, uh, or even any of his other, even, even black and white work. Well, Capote in Kansas, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, there's yeah. there's obviously his, his black and white here. stuff is different. It, he, yeah, it, and it's, it should it's be. Not, yeah, yes. and it's not it's not the excessive um, use of shadow. Um, you know, I, it, it, I I think this is the kind of book that would make you know Alex Toth proud. I was just for, yeah, because I mean the the, yeah. the lines are are. are are clean. They're they're there for a reason. There's there's nothing. There's no cross hatching. There's nothing. You know. There, there's nothing to distract you from from yeah. the lines on the paper that that are bringing you the image. My absolute favorite panel is in the uh, is in the second issue where Thor basically gives the stink eye to the telephone answering machine. The way he's just <laughs> looking at it when he's when he's waiting for when he's listening to the message. He's got his hammer up. It just it it reminds me. Of a scene from like what the or or it's just it looks like something <laughs> Murray Severin would do. It's a fantastic yeah. panel. I love it. It's a huge I'm compliment. Up, it is. I'm gonna crop it and probably use it as an avatar. It's just it's fantastic. Two yeah. things. Um, Laura is a great model for Jane because she's quite easy on the eyes. You got that right. That. Mm-hmm. And and number two, I don't think uh, any of us gets their copy of this like David because oh, stop from, it. from from what I heard uh, oh, Chris Chris Omni, Chris Omni hand delivers David delivered that shit King Dap your comic is ready <laughs> thank you hey uh, have any of you guys uh, read any of the unfortunately just cancelled but 25 issue long run of the unknown soldier um. Yes, I have. I read the first you, issue. Really? Oh. I have them all. You have them all, really? I do have them all. Yeah. I, you've never talked about it. Is that? I know. Uh, uh, you're not. You didn't enjoy it, or? Oh, uh, I, 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 I do. I do enjoy it. Oh, it's okay. just that I, th- and I've said this on our forum, uh, bullpenbulletinspodcast.com/slash/forum. Kudos to King Dap. I, I've said that it's a little too unpleasant for me to talk about that book 
okay. for for a lot of reasons the the goings on in there is not all that bright and cheerful and I also don't know a lot about that situation. I actually had to research a lot of it just to understand why certain things in that book were as as important or as impactful as they were because I mean it's a culture right. that's I, I'm I, totally unknown to me. Uh, I I think it's great. I I do, but I, I not something I really want to talk about. But that, that's cool. I want to hear from you. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, with that pleasant backdrop, uh, oh, well, I, I read the first two trades because um, I didn't. I wasn't picking this up, and um, and then as uh, as is often the case, the word of mouth was really strong for it, and uh, and and I was curious, so I I did pick up uh, the trades on on a sale, and uh, I did read the first two, and. Um, I, Vince, I this may surprise you, but I actually know exactly what you're talking about because, um, <laughs> so I've read the first 14 issues, I guess, is what the first two trades carry. So it's it's more than half of way there, and and I very much think it's an excellent comic. That said, I'm not in a big rush to finish the series. Yeah, because it's heavy. It's, like, it's it really heavy, and yeah, it's like yeah. you. Lots of comics we read, especially because you know as the industry changes and focuses more towards us old folk and stuff. Like, there's lots of adult comics out there, and and I probably prefer those these days just because I am an adult. But uh, this this is one of those books where, and I'm sure it's by design because it is beautiful, it is well written, but it's just there, there's there's not there's no moment to catch your breath. There's yeah. no like there's no moment where you think like, oh, okay, this is going to turn out okay, or oh, this is good. You know, it's really just the suck i mean it's 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 you know it's just tough every page is tough and and for those that don't know uh it's basically a story of 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 moses lawanga who's a doctor uh he's he's american he's he's american born but he's he's african descent he might have even been born in africa i forget but he's he's he he, he was raised in america he's pretty much an american and he goes back to uh he goes to africa to uganda to uh to you know do some sort of like doctors without borders or some kind of thing like that and um, begins having visions of his being a a uh, a combatant, you know, and killing people and stuff, and um, a- and it it quickly proceeds to where he does something to himself, which facilitates the bandages that you associate with the character of unknown soldier, and he kind of goes from there to being a I don't want to say freedom fighter. Do you think is the right word? I don't know if that basically a a fighter for the rights of the people of Uganda against the 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 very fractious civil war that's going on there. And um, it's just a, a heartbreaking book. Um, and, and like you said, Vince, I was curious because I unfortunately didn't didn't know as much about the situation there as I feel like I probably should have. And uh, you know, a lot of it, as you might suspect, is, is, is born out of what really is happening there. And uh, yeah. and that, in a way, almost made it even harder to want to finish because right. I'm just like, man, I mean, that is the shit situation that they're in. I mean, you know, yeah. it, but, it, you know I, I do think the book needs to exist, unfortunately. Absolutely. It, it that, is canceled. Like, but- I, it was one of those books, like, I actually read this a few weeks ago, and I, I haven't had a chance to talk about it because we, but, and I just, I thought, this is a book that absolutely deserves praise, and, uh, and the, the person, I have to give credit to, um, to Aaron from, uh, from Awesome by Comics, because mm-hmm. he, he, he raves every time, every time this issue is out, it's pretty much his favorite book, and he talks about it, and, uh, it, I can, and he's also a political, uh, journalist, so you can understand why, but, um, this this is a very very political book. It's a very modern, 
this is a book that uh, is is extremely on point with what's really happening today. Um, it's wonderfully written. The art is stunning, and there's beautiful Dave Johnson covers that are just to die for. Yeah. The covers are gorgeous. Um, so there's not like the book is an absolute high quality book that could have gone on for a hundred issues and it would be deserving of it. But it's just I can frankly see why it had trouble selling because it's just a very tough read. It, it's not a fun read, and it's, you know, it's not, not it's not escapist fiction. Yeah, it's really not. Yeah. It's really not. Because uh, you can read lots of dark comics that are escapist, right? I mean, uh, you know, Officer Down is not a happy book, right? But it's escapist. It's, yeah. it's like watching right. a horror movie. It's like watching, you know, a slasher flick, right? It's like, uh, you know, or Terminator, right? You kind of like, you just escape to it. It's This is not escapist because it's too grounded in reality. I mean, it's it's children killing children, you know? It's 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 little boys being stolen from their families to be in, 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 a, in a, a militia, and then going back to their village and raping little girls because that's what they're told to do. You know, it's 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 and and it really is. That's what's happening there. And it's it's right. it's just tough. It's just tough. And it's 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 just. But it's a real conundrum. I've really wrestled with it because I I, I did read all fourteen issues in probably like a two day span, maybe two three days. And uh, and it's it's a it's a fantastically well written book. Like if this book was nominated for an Eisner and won it, I wouldn't have any qualms about it. Right. But I don't know if I'm. I'll definitely finish it at some point, but I need to take a break. Like I'll, I'll go back to yeah. it in a few months. I have the other trade. I mean, I don't have the last trade because it hasn't been. But but I'll, I'll I'll have the rest of them and I'll I'll, I'll finish it out just because it deserves to be finished. Because you know I've already halfway there. But but it's a uh, it's a tough book, man. It's um, hats off to to them for for attempting it. But uh, and and you know hats off to Karen Berger for taking. You, there's not much that this has to very little to do with the unknown soldier character that that's been around DC forever, other than that he's. You know, no one knows who he is, and he's wearing bandages over his head, which is what the old, you know, character had. But, but talk about a departure from the original source material, right? So, um, yeah. but, but yeah, and, uh, yeah, powerful stuff. It's power. I'll say it's a powerful book. That's probably the it best is. Like yourself, I invest a lot of me in the work, and to see children victimized and and mm-hmm. and yeah, it's 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 hard to read. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't enjoy reading it, but I get something out of it. Right, which, correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And it's sad that it's going away because, like I said, I, I do think there is a place in the market for that and people should be very aware of exactly what's going on over there because uh, you're not going to see that in the the mainstream media, at least not to the point where it's it's common knowledge. And if, if any source of information can come out to uh, alert people about what's going on then hey good for you knowledge is power right mm-hmm, yep. hey there 11 o'clock comics want y'all to know i thought about what i done what i said now i don't take none of it back i can understand why a lot of you would take ombridge that's right that one's for you would ombridge what i said but uh i've had a long think about about it and some of it yay i regret it but i i'm I'm not not gonna take it back i mean i love every single one of you if any of you took offense and i'm truly sorry i mean wood with your fast living and fancy talking ombridge you know that's all i got my word of the day toilet paper gave me ombridge and i hope uh you don't hold none of it against me not not the toilet paper little joke there for you vince you know, you make you make the decisions. You you know, you choose the voicemails, and you you chose to put me on. God damn it! 
all the other guys, and you know, you 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 know, you choose choose the way things go because you're like an audio ninja. Seawood audio, I know that word. And uh, you got David. David, you know, I I didn't mean you know, no offense. Hell, hell, I'm circumcised. I watch South Park. You know. It, it, the way you live, it's a choice thing. It's the way you choose to live. I don't mean, you know, harm by, hell, you know, I, I like I said, I, I'm circumcised. For me, it wasn't a choice thing. It was just, I was out on a boat with my mama, and I wasn't nothing but 13 years old, and we were fishing, and she, she just ran out of bait, and there, there was the cleavers just naturally there, and, you know, the rest is history. I used to have her, you know, a roller neck, and now I... I'm kind of clean shaven downstairs, but you know I I love you. You're King Depp. I don't. I love South Park. And uh, Mr. Neesman, I I know that you bat for the other side, and I don't mean you're a homosexual. I'm, of course, you you know you you do some things for our fanboy. And had I listened to that show, maybe I would have known that. And uh, you know, you you've now gone on and you've. You've had another guest on the show, Brian Salzar. I'm not going to say nothing because he trains in the boxing. And uh, so I understand he's quite quite big into cardiovascular. So if I ran away from him, he could probably chase me down, kick the fucking shit out of me, rather than, you know, me just rely on my speed like in zombie land. So... I don't really know what I, what I, why I'm calling, but then when do I ever? I'm just phoning to say I'm, I'm going to keep listening. I'm not going to take a bow of silence, and I love what you do. I'm going to go back to the store, see if I can find another roll of word of the day toilet paper. This one just seems to have ombridge on it. On it like a bonnet would, official like a whistle. <laughs> I learned that from you with, with your free podcast. Bye-bye. Oh, so what's up my beat? Maybe it's something dirty or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, speaking of dirty, mm-hmm. if you come over to our forum, we have a really <laughs> cool thread, yes. a recent thread on porn yes. comics. Ooh. Yeah, I was stunned. I, and and um, I forget who said and, it. And in the th- we, we were the first two to chime in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget who said it, but like they said, man, I thought this thread would die an early death because who wants to come out and, and say they, they enjoy porn comics? Uh, Hell, I will. Yeah. I, I love oh, hentai. Man, I, I love I'm the sorry porn. if you... Well, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I got no qualms about that, dude. One of my all... dollar tree for a reason, people. <laughs> <laughs> One of my all-time favorite comic books is uh, Wendy Whitebread, Undercover Slut, by uh, Don Simpson, <laughs> a.k.a. Anton Dreck. And it, it's a great book published by Eros Comics. And that's some of the things that we talk about in, in that thread. So come on over yeah. and, and join our porn comics thread. Absolutely. <laughs> How's that for a pitch? There you uh, go. I got another uh, one. It's only, it's only you can do it, Vince. Did you notice? And I, I'm probably tempting fate by saying this. I didn't get all staticky yet. Uh, you did for a second there. Yeah, you did for a second. Yeah. Oh, I did. Mm-hmm. Two things I want to talk about real quick. Hack slash my first maniac. Okay. Matt Kramer hounded me fairly mercilessly to get into hack slash, and for whatever reason, I put it off. But I could not ignore. The Omnibuy, 
when it tra- made the image transition, oh yeah, DCBS offered the omnibus omnibuys for huge discounts. I think the first one was like seventeen bucks for like four hundred pages. So I said, all right, I will. But in the interim, I ordered the My First Maniac mini. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I like That's it a stuff. lot. It yep. is, and maybe because I'm a child of the slasher film. Um, I grew up, I, I cut my teeth on America International horror movies and the, uh, just the B and Z grade monster movies. And then I graduated to the slashers like everybody else. And I have a soft spot in my heart for, for horror films. And this is, if you enjoy horror films, this is the book for you. Yeah. The, the, the setups are very similar to the average slasher uh, flick. You got Cassie Hack, who has a pretty checkered past. Her mother eventually became a serial killer, and, and Cassie had to take her out. And um, that's how it worked, right, from what I'm getting from this miniseries. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she takes it upon herself to rid the world of the serial killer and is like a, a Bram Stoker type character uh, she's a, a serial killer hunter yep. that's all you need to know and she's hot again she's hot she's hot um, <laughs> what? so this mini suicide girls right this mini series is basically cassie hack year one where she tries to integrate at a, a high school because she notices some uh nasty goings on she wants to purge the world of it and that's her story Mm-hmm. And I I was pretty shocked that there's no mature label on this thing at all, but it's pretty uh it's pretty adult. I mean the language is is raw, which is appropriate, and there's there's uh, lot, lots of maimings and killings and bloodletting and and boobies. And it's great, it's great stuff. And I know that's not a ringing endorsement, but I can't say anything other than it's just this this is like someone just struck a tuning fork on my head. Nice. I, I am. I'm so. I resonate with this book. Yep. It, it's. It's for me. Yep. And so Tim, why Tim, Tim writes that book because he loves it. I mean, that is. That is. He would. You know, he's told me before. He would write that book for free. If yeah. he would. He would. He would sell the house and and live in a card cardboard box down by the river and mm-hmm. and write hackslash in a van down by the river in a van down by the river writing hackslash. Well, let's hope that. He, um, Mr. Seely loves Cassie a lot more than Mr. Remender loves Heath because I don't want to see anything happen to Cassie. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, you another just, one. You just, you just hate how much Rick tortures that character. I do. He's been through so much. I feel for the guy. Holy well, crap. I can only imagine if my kid was turned into a robot. <laughs> and, or, or seeing seeing your kid uh, vaporized with with your your father in, in the field. Remember that issue? But a boom! It's just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, what is this? Another one from from Image. You mentioned it, Officer Down, special mm-hmm. issue by Joe Casey and Chris Burnham. Holy shit, was this good? It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it takes a little uh, nod from the RoboCop movies. We have a yeah, a little little bit. A a cop who was killed killed in the line of duty, and he um, they they have ways of resurrecting him. That's that that's the whole plot, and it is awesome. Uh, I think to drop the Jeff Darrow name would be pretty much redundant after anyone gets uh, a look at these pages. But it's it's in it's in the hard boiled vein, hyper uber, just disgustingly detailed art, and the most visceral mayhem people getting punched through the face knives to the head punches to the gut, face 
guts, brains, eyeballs popping. It is really over the top, but it's it's successful because of yeah. that. It, well, uh, you know, there, there's also um, Chris always works in a ton of uh, sight gags into oh, his yeah. into his work. There's uh, and, and beyond beyond gags. I mean, he always puts a lot of little little nuggets and Easter eggs into his art. He actually, if you go to his blog and you can just um, Google Chris Burnham, uh, if you go to his blog, he actually has a contest running that if you can a little scavenger hunt that if you can find. All of the um, uh, all of the Easter eggs and the art, then you'll win uh, a page of your choice from uh, from the issue. Wow! Yikes! Save for the splashes. It, yeah, except for the except for the, the except for the two page spreads. I think right. he said. Yeah. Oh. So. Well, if I ever won, I would want the page with Officer Down beating the crap out of the kick ass clones. There, there's a bunch of uh, of. I think uh, you just gave one of the one of the scavenger hunt things away. Well, it's yeah. pretty obvious. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Did you want? Oh, you don't want the page ass. of one of the uh, kick-ass goons pissing on someone, putting out a fire. <laughs> How about the Paul pre- Johnson sticking right out of his pants and everything? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, there's, the, there's one. There's a baby impaled on a like a. On a yeah, through on a crutch through someone. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at the pregnant woman with her head chopped off, and I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, but Vince has something against Jason Pearson and body bags. If I oh, won, I'd dude, I was <laughs> just gonna say that. <laughs> if if, uh, if I won, I'd probably <laughs> with uh, with Ponch and John on it. It's a totally different vein, though. This book, it is. It, it's parody. It's, you know, not, it's, a, it's yeah. like with the nunsuck. Like, I mean, they have a disemboweled baby that they're eating in uh, in Triple X Zombies. That doesn't bother me at all. But in Walking Dead, you know that yeah. it's, it's all the context, right? I mean, you're supposed to eat. You're in one. You're supposed to care about the characters, and the other, their characters are really just scenery. I mean, uh, there's one scene in this, and I'd have to ask Chris face to face because he. He probably wouldn't know what I was talking about, but maybe he does. There's a scene towards the end with the two dudes in the car. The one has the pompadour and the, the sunglasses with the star in it, and you get that type Wolverine kind of character driving. It's like Plastic Man and Wolverine in a car. It reminds me a lot of an old short they used to show way back on Night Flight. And I forget the name of it. Nice, like holy shit! Yeah, wow. I, I have to. Wow. Re- it, oh, it was man, just... I felt so like of such a big boy when I got to stay up and watch Night Flight. <laughs> oh, Night Flight's one of my favorites of yeah. all time. But I mean, they're, they're they're just driving and causing mayhem. But I I get a vibe from that short, and I've, I'll have to f- uncover the name. But how about the one panel where the pregnant lady's getting her face, her head cut off in that scene with the kick-ass guys? Then you got somebody getting their face literally ripped off and like you said the baby on the crutch uh it's, and then it's, right above the baby on the crutch is the dude pissing yep, yep. and he's got a big old thing yep. yeah yeah and it's looks like big he's going to get toasty line. there but this book is awesome and it's just totally irreverent uh ghastly yeah, so it's oh it's over the top it's it's yeah. absolutely it, it revels in being over the top pull over cocksuckers out of the way civilian fucko this is great it's just i i hope we see more of officer down there's certainly room for it yeah yeah because the guy can't die i mean bring him back Mm. ongoing series baby i don't know ongoing i maybe a a, an annual annual i I don't exactly sort of like with the grizzly shark and yeah okay i'll take that yeah i don't know i don't know if you're going to uh uh, mine the the depths of the the human condition in officer down yeah 
Well, I mean, I'll be totally well, honest with you. I, I didn't think that. Uh, I, I thought this was a uh, triumphant display of 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 Burnham's. Yeah. You know, artistic skills meets his you know super ego, but uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't think like you said, Vin. I thought the story was the dialogue didn't do much for me, and I thought the story was basically. Robocop, but but I thought the art was awesome. So I mean, I'm I'm thrilled to have read it, and I thought it was a real treat, and it was one of those books where you get to you, know, you look at each page almost like a Where's Waldo because there's so many sight gags, but yeah. uh, I you know there's not much of a story there. I, it's, I it's couldn't fun. see. Yeah, Robocop meets Judge Dredd meets Batman. Hard-boiled. Um, yeah, hard-boiled. It's 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 crazy. I only wish that instead of a jacked-up Hummer. With the with the uh, irons on the front, that mm-hmm. would be really cool. And I'm going to date myself if uh, somewhere in this book, Killdozer made an appearance. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to see Officer D- Down driving the Killdozer. <laughs> it's so good, and in color too, which makes it even better because you mm-hmm. get to see all the blood. It's great stuff. What was it? Four ninety nine. Well worth it too. Yeah, it's a big so. old yeah. fix. Nice paper, six, yeah. yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Officer Down. Go, David. I'm down with that, or Chris, or somebody, do it. David, the, uh, we gotta hear more David. People always want the dap. Yeah, okay. The yeah, gluttons for punishment they are. I know. All insomniacs. The thing <laughs> with um. Oh, I read Scarlet Number One. Oh, you did? Uh, yes, I what did. What do you think? Uh, I liked it. Nice. I really Dude, did. I. You guys talked about it. I think Chris talked about it before I had read it too, and uh, and I'm glad you brought it up because I totally forgot that it even. But um, I'd love to hear what you think because uh, I'm glad to hear you liked it. Because yeah, I I read this after reading uh, all seven issues of the uh, short-lived Spider-Woman series. So believes okay, you're on a Bendis kick, or and I believe, but it's because um, I wanted to see if if he had changed up his style. Well, yeah, and Bendis, but I wanted to see if if Malieve changed up his style any between the two. And um, I I have uh, I, I have no problem with the way the characters look or feel i i really like the fourth wall breaking gig because the or gimmick you could tell when scarlet is doing that because obviously the the word balloons shift to uh to to squared off balloons but it's no different than if you were reading the the captions in 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 comics that don't have word that thought balloons anymore batman could be you know walking the streets and and so it's it it doesn't bother me that she's looking at the reader catching you up. It, it would have been the same as if otherwise she'd just be walking and you would just have these captions. So it, it serves the same purpose. I have no problem with the fourth wall stuff. It's um, it's like the others that I've read today. It's it's I'm going to stick with it for now or the, the others that I've talked about. Uh, I do feel bad for her. I mean, I Bendis and, and Malieve have done a real good job of getting me into it because it's not like I could just put it down and go, okay, I'll, I'll read the next issue when it comes out and, and just read it as a story as it goes along. But I feel bad for the characters. I kind of in, sucked into this world that, that they've created and, and, uh, and how she just, it, it helps when you, when you get to meet the character right away early on in the issue. But then, you know, in, in like two, three pages, there's her entire life, you know, First boyfriend, third boyfriend, first sexual encounter. And I mean, everything Which is, is just, a great set of pages. Like, it, yeah, I mean, I it, thought that was like classic Bendis. Like with the, you know, like it was really, I don't know. I just it did. Those are those character moments that just brought me right back to you know Alias and some of those. You know, it's mm-hmm. just just really really great stuff. Yeah, and it, it it just it summed it all up. So you don't need you don't need 
this is something where, where Chris would probably say, you know, in another Bendis book, he probably would have padded that out over like, you know, two or three issues. And it's <laughs> origin. But here it is in three pages, so boom, you're done. And, and we can move on to present day. And I, I think the art fits it. I, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it out, you know, and, and see where it goes. And I, uh, I really, I don't have, I, I can't, I've, I've seen what other people have said about it online as far as the art or, or the fourth wall breaking and, and it, that doesn't, it, it didn't phase me with this. I, I had no problem with it. Yeah, I I loved it. I mean, I genuinely loved it. I I, I liked it much more than the the, the newest incarnation of Powers. Um, I, unlike Chris, have not been dis- discourteous to Bendis about his mainstream Marvel stuff either. Um, but I, I I this is the best. I, I really enjoyed this. Like, and I was sort of skeptical because I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Bendis was hyping this up. You know, I don't know. Powers wasn't isn't been that tight lately. Like, I don't know. And and, and like you said, Malev is. If it ain't rough, it ain't right lately. I'm like, so I just wasn't sure, but um, I, I loved it. I it, and it's not, you know, I've heard like you said, the criticisms are basically fourth wall. Uh, you know, we've seen this vigilante thing before, but number one, I honestly believe there really aren't too many brand new ideas in storytelling. So I, I, I can't. It's not so much what the idea is as to how you go about telling the story. And to that end, like yes, uh, a a vigilante is not a new concept, but um, but I thought he handled it really well. I mean, um, as the son of a cop, I can tell you that, you know, I was feeling the whole situation and being like, wow, that, that's a fucked up situation. And, 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 and you know, it, it's, I, people read that and they're like, oh, he's trying to say all cops are dirty. No, that's not what he's no, saying. He's saying no. that this was a dirty cop, and, and there are dirty cops. I mean, that's just a fact of life. So um, I love that it was a female. I think Bendis is best when he's writing a strong female. Um, She's what, like 16, 17? I don't know. I I couldn't tell. I was thinking maybe she was like college age, but just did wasn't in college. But um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. She's she's certainly young and, and relatively inexperienced in life. Um, I uh, I just thought it was terrific, and I totally bought into the way her life would go to that route. And uh, like you said, I'm along for the ride because I just I I can't wait to see what happens because I could think it has huge disaster potential. Like her life could get totally fucked up pretty quickly. Oh yeah, now. yeah. Um, you don't know. I mean, the next issue get caught and and. Goes all to hell and and uh, yeah, it's there's nothing there's nothing really paint by numbers here. It, it's it's like well, I guess with Fear Rage, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen when you turn the page. And, Ever, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm cool with that. I, I I like that. It's it's unique in that regard. Yeah, yeah, sweet. No, it was a strong, strong first issue. I uh, yeah, I gotta say, Chris fall asleep again. And no, I'm right here. Oh, there, there he is. There he is. Yeah, to be fair, Chris has already shared his thoughts on Scarlet. That's true. Yeah, I got another one. You guys are pretty Ooh, quick one. Chris just loves it when his friends are reading shit they're digging. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Like Scarlet? I thought you liked Scarlet, Chris. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't read it. Um, uh, Hater. I don't think so. Uh, um, amazing Spider-Man six thirty-nine. One moment. moment. One moment in time. Oh, part, I'm glad you brought this up. Part two. Part D. Yeah, oh, man. I was not feeling part one. Uh, I, I, I'm feeling part two. Oh, yeah. Other than... Oh, the, my uh, God. Stop it. Other, other than... My God. I, I really... Wait, 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 wait. With oh, part, go ahead. Part, go ahead. Yeah. part one, I really enjoyed the way they intercut the uh, recent stuff with the classic, which we say classic. Uh, it's not that long ago. What was that annual? 80... 
whatever the 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 mer- the wedding annual but uh and I didn't really dig the way uh Casada drew MJ uh thinking that here we have this supermodel which only a select few ever uh, uh, get to be supermodels so she should be drop dead friggin gorgeous and he draws her like the pudgy cousin who has a good sense of humor you know uh, not very attractive mary jane but the story in chapter two much better i, I like where this is going now and i will say uh, paulo rivera he understands mary jane he draws her like she's a goddess, and she should be. I mean, when she walks down the street, people turn their heads. She's having dinner with uh, with the, uh, what's her name, Aunt uh, Anna, Aunt Watson, uh, and she, they show her with getting her makeup on. She's fantastic. He draws a hell of a female. Um, but story-wise, it's not a huge to-do, but it's interesting, I think. Don't you think? I guess not. You guys aren't feeling it? I didn't read it. I'm, I, uh, I'm I'm two years behind on Spider-Man. I am too, but I did I picked I'm reading these out of order just because uh, it kind of goes back and visit. I, I um so, someone else I uh, was listening to a podcast recently and uh, they said about this they said uh, the, uh, Casada it's this is like Casada getting into a fight with his wife and it being over and like two years later because he can't get over it he brings it back up and she doesn't even remember what he's fighting about that's the fucking <laughs> it's like it's like he made a that's he awesome. made a douchey move everyone hated it but they still redeem themselves by telling amazing Spider-Man stories afterwards people are over it they're past it they're willing not to go back to it because it's like okay you made up for it whatever it, it was his bad idea but yeah who cares now it's, it's water under the bridge and then he fucking blows up the bridge and makes us swim in it again it's like why are we going back to this? You're, he's, he, he spent two issues reminding us of what a fucking retarded idea it was in the first place. But what and, if, and what if just, he can cast uh, the story that ticked everybody off uh, one, more, uh, brand, one more day? What if he can cast a new light on that? You know, well, what, 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 he's two what issues in and he's failing miserably. I mean, one, one, of the, one of the great things about comic books, and that is kind of unique about them, as a medium is that you can you can put out so much content that you can sweep horrendous mistakes underneath the the rug and just move on like they didn't happen so why go back and remind people um i would say why not well, because if it's well, not if if, if, not if he thinks the stupid idea was in the first place. Well, no, but what if he thought that it was a good idea, and now he's? I mean, he could do what he wants. He's. Well, I was going to say, see that that's and, and again, it's hard not to characterize the fact that he is the 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 he is the uh, the uh, the big the, dog. Uh, the HN uh, uh, the HNIC. You know, he he's he's the guy. So I'm reading this thinking the whole time. I'm thinking like. Oh boy, it's a good thing Casado's the boss because this book would have never gotten a chance to be approved yeah. if it wasn't. Like it smacks, he, yeah, it smacks of ego. Like if Zeb Wells had come up or Slot had said, "Yo, I'm gonna do this book," like, like Wacker would have been like, "No, no, we don't need to go back to that. We don't need to open that wound, dude. No, no, no. You tell it, tell Gauntlet Part Four because that's gonna. But it's like Casado's like, uh, "Hey, Steve, I'm gonna tell uh, these the people they don't get how said poor we were it was." Yeah. Huh? He he announced this when when he said we will eventually find out. Yeah. Well, that's my other issue with it. It's like you know, at San Diego, it was relatively Spartan news from Marvel, and then it's like he puts up the omit, omit coming soon, omit, and you're like, oh, what's omit? 
And it's like, really? Like, all it was is your fucking ego project. Like, oh, I can't no, wait I mean, to read this now. I guess. Like, this. I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, I got nothing but love for Casada. I think he's been a great EIC. I, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a huge Marvel fan. I, that's not like I'm, I'm a hater of people can't be accusing me of being a Joe Casada hater. But this was a vanity project. You know, if we're going to give Didio shit for writing Outsiders, yeah, then you got to give Casada yeah. shit for this. Because number one, he's not a writer. Number two, he, he certainly isn't well practiced in it of late. Number three, this was not a story that needed to be told and probably shouldn't have been told. Number four, it's all about execution. If he had done this and pulled it off, I'd be the first to be like, wow, you know, for a, a story that was hated, like, kudos to him. But this is no different than, than DeFalco trying to make good on the Clone Saga for the last five years with Spider-Girl. Like, it's, like, it's like, dude, we don't, like, the story was a bad idea, but you've moved on. What? The, the, uh, no, no, no. Oh, even that. The Clone Saga was not a bad idea. It was great. Bad resolution. Oh, I can't even think. You got me all flustered. Uh, nice. I, I think this is fairly low key for a, a vanity project. It, it even has its own banner. Yeah, putting up, I was going to say, putting up a banner at San Diego as one of the big announcements is low the key. Ac- no, the actual story is fairly low key. I mean, it's not bombastic at all. It's just basically Peter and and Mary Jane. That's to me that uh, these are two characters I've been friends with for 30 plus years. Right. So uh, I th- I think it's cool. I don't I'm not saying it's great. I-, I like the twist with Aunt May at the end. We won't tell David because he didn't read it yet, but that's kind of neat. I mean, it's the little things. And it, it, if we we understand that Mary Jane was the one who made the deal because obviously Peter would never do it. Uh, and she knew he would never do it, but we don't know the actual conditions right. to the, the fine point of the conditions. Wait, is this, of the is this a is this a whole mini series that explains the the little? It's not a mini series. It's part of Amazing Spider-Man. It's like yeah. it's actually it's an arc. Oh, it's, the, oh, proper, okay. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. Is is it going to explain the the little mm-hmm. whispered phrase? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's an entire arc that explains that. You know that yeah. one panel, and like I, 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 I spoiler, like not not a whole thing, but it, uh, there's one. Uh, there's a major nitpick that I can't believe you're not bothered by. What's that? In brand new day, or one more day? In one more day, one. I know there was a lot of questions of what was retconned, what did he erase? Well, we know two things. He absolutely erased that they didn't get married, right? And he absolutely erased because it was explicitly said in the book that they undid the unmasking. Right. No. 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 Yeah. They said no. In, in the two-page status quo that Ramita drew, there's a caption. There's a panel yeah. that says that Spider-Man he did, he did still unmasked, but nobody remembers they just, that. They don't know who. It was just some guy. They don't. Which right. is the right. Okay. Different. Same thing. Okay. Either. Fine. Okay. All right. In this okay. book, again, uh, again, a little bit of a spoiler. I'm sorry if it bothers you. In this book, Spidey says to fucking Mary Jane, like, I should have never unmasked. Like. What? Okay, so then, it, fucking, you just—that was the whole point of the thing was that nobody remembered you unmasked. Now the fucking it's it's out in the open, like you're like Be- everyone's because like, Why would this be? the unmasking led to the shooting of Aunt May, which led to the deal with Mephisto. That's right. why he said that. I'm sorry. That's, we'll let everyone else read it and weigh in, but I I think it's an absolute vanity project that needed not be told. He and I think the bummer of it is that it's sort of like putting the period on the end of a great Spider-Man run because they're also coincident with this wrapping up the thrice monthly and going to a you know slot right. taking it for full time and stuff and i think that's gonna this is gonna be that jumping off point that everyone talks about and that spider-man's numbers are gonna plummet and they're gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a shame wow 
depressing, I mean, yeah. man. They're stopping the thrice monthly because the numbers are already back to where they were before the thrice monthly. Yeah, I mean, but they're doing. We'll get it twice a month. Yay! For now. Well, well, they're gonna. They'll have like three Spider-Man titles again, right? Yeah. So. I don't. I don't know about that. I'm sure with the miniseries and, and, and yeah, and the web, they'll, well, they'll web be. Was, yeah, uh, there's more than three now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. I, ne- I never, I never, I never worry about there not being a Spider-Man book out there for me to read if I ever, you know, feel the need. Mm-hmm. Right, because he's because so. according to David, he's the what? flagship character. He, not according to me, dude. Well, he is. Yeah, he's. he's I mean, he's uh, Marvel's Marvel According to yeah. Since since about 1967. Y'all can live in your own fabricated reality. I'm not going to break your bubble. It's for about 43 years he has. Okay. Hey. I can't can't wait for Spider-Man to hang up his webs and walk around Queens. Hey, what? Oh, This episode of 11 O'Clock Comics. Oh, shit. He's cutting us off. I'm cutting you off. You're talking crazy talk. I was going to talk about the sword this week, but well, um, you got about you got about I'll, ten I'll minutes to do it or something about it. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, you're the one hired and then omit for God. All right, you're the one bitching about the two forty five episode. That's what you're going to have if you start talking about the store the sword. Go ahead. No, no, no. no. Next uh, week, I want to hear about the sword because I haven't read it yet. S word. Yes. Don't have, enough, don't have enough time. The rapist. Oh, go ahead, please. Talk about no. the sword. I'm not going to beg you. Do it. Oh, oh no, then. No, you, you, you oh, take care of business. What a dick. Oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll save it for next week. But I, I, that's what I teased at the very, at the very beginning. It's, how about, how about this? I'll, 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 I'll wrap up with my thoughts of why I read the sword and when I read the sword. <laughs> We're talking about, um, how many, how many, how many awesome comics have been written in in the last decade? And I think it's been a fantastic decade for for comics. To um, uh, I think there's been a lot of creative high water marks um, after after the '90s bust, and, and I think that that creatively comics have really regrouped, and we have maybe more more comics. I know, I know for me, more comics come out in a month. Um, than I'm able to read, and, and more good comics come out in a month than I'm able to keep up with, and so I'm I'm looking back at um, a lot of the series that have come out in the last ten years that I said, oh, I'm either going to trade wait for, or I I don't have time to read now, and I kind of forget about them, and so I read the sword the the entire series um, over the weekend, and and I'll talk about my thoughts on it. Um, next week, but um, you know, maybe you guys want to think about some series that that came out in the last ten years that that you need to to go back and 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 discover for the for the first time. But that was my that was my inspiration for for reading the sword. Is that it's one of those series that that I, I kind of um, um, jumped over and uh, and I was like, you know what, I need to go back and read that because I, I know I know folks really like that. Mm-hmm. I'm three issues in, so I'll finish mm-hmm. it for next episode. Yeah, I, I I think you'll dig it. Um, oh, I like um, what I've read. About, well, starting about issue seven, um, the, the it really um, creates uh, a mythos that that runs through the rest of it. So it uh, it picks up steam as it goes. So we'll talk about it next week. All right, for the show notes, you know, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write the sword S word part one because there's be more continued. to come. Yep. All right. This episode of eleven o'clock. I'm writing comics has been brought to you by discount comic book service dcbservice.com get your funny books and collectibles at huge Wumba discounts don't pay retail dcbservice.com yay and 
in your travels. Have fun. Do yourself a huge favor and read Batman Odyssey by Neil Adams. Mm. Because it is so crazy. It's what superhero comics should be. Crazy. It's nutty. It's action. It's great drawing. And you will experience Batman espousing the merits of hydrogen technology to a perpetrator. Where else are you going to see that? Where else? Only in the mind of Neil Adams. And it's so good. Oh, I, I wish this was an ongoing because I would buy every single issue. I would. Would you? All right. Um, <laughs> yesterday was um, was Lock and Key Day, which um, everyone should know is, is one of my um, all-time favorite uh, series. It was the release of the third hardcover uh, Crown of Shadows. It was the release of the first issue of the fourth miniseries, mm-hmm. The Keys to the Kingdom. And if you have never read Lock and Key, well, you know what? Shame um, on you. Right now, shame on you! And right now is a great time to um, uh, to to get a sampling of it because IDW released the very first issue of the first miniseries for only a dollar, and uh, you should run to your your LCS and uh, and pick up that buck issue of the the first Lock and Key miniseries. And man, it just it just continues to get. Uh, better and better along the way, and uh, I, I hope this I hope this series runs for freaking ever because I I love it so much. Um, I have never read it. You Please. would really dig it, Vince. I know. I have the first hardcover here. So uh, it's that's your assignment. Give me an assignment for next week, and Jesus. and your your assignment is to is to read for uh, real. I can yeah. give you an assignment, and you will yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, shit. I'll, I'll, as long as it ain't no yaoi shit. Buy shit, and uh, buy and read an issue of Shonen Jump from front to back. <sighs> well, wait, no, what? Those things are like eight hundred fucking. No, pages. they're not. There's like two hundred fifty, three hundred pages. Oh no, no. It'll read quick. I, I, I can't. But no, no, no. <laughs> Come on. Just be Come yourself. On. I'll, Come on. I'll, I'll read Lock and Key for next week. Okay. Oh, it's got a ribbon. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does have a ribbon. I know. Uh, Ooh, Godland Celestial Edition um, 2. Oh, well, I can't wait. Ooh, it looks so yeah, long. I gotta order mine. Woot, woot. Uh, well, you know what? I kicked the show off with it. So stick with it. Uh, back row. Go get it. Wow. Cool. Okay. You you digging on the back row. I am. Hey, you're right, so I'm, gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do that now. He just likes to save me money. <laughs> um, next month, I think the trade will be solicited. Uh, if you're not haven't been picking up the issues, but um, give sweets a try by Cody Chamberlain. Um, sweets, uh, solicited sweets. Already, yeah. It, uh, well, the, issue number four solicited in this month's preview. So I guess there's fit five, and then I don't know if the trade will come back coincident or the so like maybe two months from now the trade. But we're going back and pick up the issues. But yeah, it's uh, you know Cody is is from New Orleans. Um, it's a book about New Orleans. Uh, it's a, a Beautiful, beautiful book. It uh, he was he raised money on it through the Kickstarter program that we had talked about when we had Steve Bryan on for his Athena Voltaire. It uh, it's just great. It's it's a real labor of love. It's like his 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 dream project, and uh, and and every bit of that passion comes through on the page. So uh, so give that a try. That's yeah, real interesting first issue. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Interesting uh, mixing up of art styles that uh, I thought was pretty cool. I Visually mean, stunning book. I, I will investigate. How did I not know about this? 
I don't know. You gotta I mean, get your head out of your ass. Uh, down, man. Come on, man. Uh, it's pretty far up there. Mm-hmm. I can see my throat. Stop bringing yeah, old FS issues. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Like oh, it or not. And, uh, I'll see you all in two weeks, people. Yes, oh, yeah. Jason won't be here next week, so we're going to have to find a uh, suitable replacement. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Yeah. The bar is the bar is set low, so don't worry about that. Oh, my <laughs> good God. Hey, see ya. Stay awake. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.